Ladies and gentlemen, this is Frank Sinatra Recap, Pop One. Yeah, I'm talking Sinatra. I'm talking Sinatra. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. Start spreading your legs. Sinatra's coming this way. Just a little Italian meatball brat. Blue eyes, blue eyes. His mama Dolly will flush a fetus away at a price. While Frankie buys his friendship up. Blue eyes, blue eyes. He wants his fame up, but he just doesn't know how to sing. No, he doesn't. He finds a spaghetti wife. Fills her with cream and make lots of babies. Frankie learns how to sing and starts to get big. But Frankie can't keep his pen in his overpriced pants. If his manager could stop horny Frank, everyone could make. Serious bank, it's up to Frank Sinatra's dead. Yeah, Frank Sinatra's dead. I hope you enjoy part two of Frank Sinatra. I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourselves. Or you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Doctor? Oh, God! Oh, Jesus Christ! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Roast Mortem Podcast. We're the only podcast that talks about Scott Stapp and his career. I am Tom. <laughs> I'm Travis Stapp. I have nothing to do with Mr. Stapp for legal reasons. I am your Cody for the evening. And I'm Mike. Mike, you live closest to Scott Stapp. I do. Mike, do you know who Scott Stapp is? He's the guy from uh, Creed, right? Bingo. Good band. Arms wide open. (laughs) You know, it's classic. Well, isn't Mike just human clay right there? (laughs) He's the voice of a generation. He doesn't even know it. He he really inspired me, you know. To do what? To keep my arms wide open. <laughs> I have several <laughs> stories about Scott Stapp that I'm not going to tell on this podcast, but first-hand stories. I'll just leave this up to your imagination. He asked me to do something. I was very... Uh, <laughs> How are you going to dance Within the first this? five minutes of meeting me, not exactly knowing who I am, he was asking for a very big favor, um, <laughs> which I didn't do. But uh, if you're really curious, if you're really curious, hit me up on Twitter. Maybe I'll tell you. One on one. I will. I will send you the the uh, template of the story. You ever seen the it, the Creed live videos where it's just someone dubbing over it with like the worst possible cover? Yes. The, oh, yeah, Creed yeah, shreds. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> those those are fantastic. I was like the Radio Disney behemoth boys. Oh yeah, uh, that, that guy, the Radio Disney dude, is fantastic. Yeah. Um, I don't think I ever seen that. One. Uh, so how's everyone's weeks, dogs? Eh, good. Good. Wow, I had I had a great week. I really yeah. did. I'll tell you all about it real quick. Uh, so I made my first hot sauce. 
How do you Hell. feel? Mm, I'm ex- yeah? y- Do you get a kit? No, dude. Straight from the earth, man. <gasps> fuck well, yeah. Gab oh, and I fuck. did it. You're she, organic she now? Yeah, they're organic as fuck, dude. So Gab grows these fantastic peps. And we're like, hey, yeah. hot sauce. How hot could it be? Uh, it's pretty hard. We almost died uh, breathing in the fumes. No one really yeah. considers that first time doing it. You should really uh, be very far away from where the fire is. So I had that going for me. I'm probably not doing anything with it. Uh, my dad got me a kit. I'm excited. I'll, I'll show you some. But <laughs> let's, get, let's get Mike to taste it on the, on the show. Yeah. Like when we come back from a break. Yeah, we can turn into hot ones. We'll just have a hot ones episode <laughs> with Mike. And Mike, you got to paint the best picture you can with as little oxygen in your bloodstream as possible. It's going to be like in Spongebob where they take the fucking uh, the red devil coming out of the bottle. Oh, you guys are too old. You guys are on this. You guys are on this. Yeah, fuck yeah. you, <laughs> Yeah, fuck you, dude. Fuck you. I wish you had more shins I could kick. <laughs> I know Robert Sponge. He's one of my favorite shows. Robbie Sponge. Oh, yeah. So then I, uh, I'm i continuing my uh, very interesting week now. Thank you for asking. Um, I uh-huh. went to the Bowery Ballroom, and nice. I saw my buddy's municipal waste. Uh, good time there. It was had. <laughs> Surface Safari? Oh, dude. we. I got I got drunk. Uh, my buddy Phil and I, and I met their sound guy, Mark. He was a super cool dude. We, we got real, real toasty. Um, oh, yeah. Napalm Death headlined that show, and my ears are hurting still. I think I have to apply for oh. disability now. And we're doing a podcast. Met- metal music. What about you, Mike? How's your week, Mike? Uh, I wasn't done, but whatever, Mike. How, how was your oh, week? Yeah. Keep going, Tom. No, no, I'm done now. I'm over it. Uh, I just went to work. You know what, Tom? I don't even care anymore. I just want to hear about Mike. I'm really concerned about him because he's like here half the time. Do I don't mean? know if he's on. He's hooked on phonics or some shit, or I don't know. I'm doing, doing a lot of reading on phonics, I'm trying to learn how to read. On phonics? <laughs> <laughs> it's taking me a while. That's just reading out loud, Mike. <laughs> Which is something that we That's all it. on this podcast struggle with. Yeah. <laughs> if we had like a behind, what is it? What is what does Lipton do again? Behind the actor or something? Oh, inside like that? the actor studio. Inside the actor's studio, like yeah. ours, all would just be like fucking can't read. Yeah. And he'd be like, <laughs> "How does that affect your uh, performance?" And we'd just be like, "Makes it suck." And then it would be like it would be the shortest episode ever. You have a very uh, particular career, as uh, nobody knows you. And I'm not sure how you got on this stage, but how do you read out loud? Wins lunch. (laughs) Sometimes I take the A and the B and put it together and spell abs. (laughs) First word Travis figured out. (laughs) Uh, Travis, speaking of you and your ab, uh, how... (laughs) (laughs) My one ab. (laughs) That's what it is. It's one ab, How was your week, and did it have anything to do with falsified (laughs) nose rings? Oh, I got drunk during the week at some point, and I was like, hey, how would I look with a nose ring? Uh, Not like a septum piercing, like one on the side, right? You know, like a little... Like a stud or an actual ring? No, a hoopy boy, not like a stud. So I was like, all right, what do you do when you're drunk? You go on Amazon, you order stupid shit. So I ordered fake nose rings, and they arrived in the mail two days later, and I looked at it, I was like, eh. What did it feel like? I feel like it would just feel like yeah, a booger in my nose at all times. You, a really big yeah, right? you are officially Roast Mortem's biggest chump. <laughs> Come on, we've all ordered stupid shit on Amazon. Uh, you don't order yeah. a fake nose ring. 
Tom, we you and I almost collectively bought an Ewe when we were waiting. That's a, a six hundred. That's cool. A six hundred dollar electric woodwind. That's instrument. a valuable that's cool. part of society. Yes, I agree. I with just Tom. wanted to see what my it, nose would it look was like. The, the harpsichord, the piano, the clarinet, the guitar, the Ewe. This was not just a drunk whim. <laughs> all right, and also one other thing I wanted to mention besides, you know, I kind of look all right with a nose ring, but uh, you look besides like a that. <laughs> I can put it on, dude. Please yeah, come, got, come back from a got break. Like with seven it. of yeah. them, I can come back with them all. My Ooh. fucking face. Just do come one, eye, break. one eyebrow. Of yeah. all nose rings. Yeah, the dumbest thing we could oh, do. Also, yeah, one other thing that's not related to my week, but one of our fans from I'm not going to name the country, but it's a ass backwards country where being gay is illegal. He was listening to our show on the train. And he was listening to the Byron episode oh, with that, oh. that man butt picture uh, art. And he messaged me and he was like, dude, like, what the fuck is with your, like, artwork, man? Like, it's <laughs> illegal to be gay here. Like, <laughs> I almost got in so much trouble standing on this fucking Holy train shit. with tons of people around me. Dude, you, you uh, almost uh, fucked up like, that guy's dude, entire life. Because of a butt. I know. Well, we're an international establishment of fuck ups. Did you apologize? Because you make the art. No, no, send him more butts. See what happens. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I was actually like, dude, I'm really sorry. He's like, no, nah, don't stop what you're doing. I was like, all right, so now now we're going to get balls deep for the next one. We got a fucking one. fan willing right? to risk his life for us. I like this. Yeah. This is cool. There's going to be an anus, and there's going to be a penis entering the anus. I, 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 yeah, I, I am. It's not necessarily gay sex, Travis. It's not like we should change anything, but also, I'm hoping the best for him. Yeah, I don't want him dead. Yeah. But I'd like a, that a fan is risking his life to enjoy the show. I want him to move next yeah. door to me, where we right. can talk about whatever. Freedom. Yeah. We have the First False. Amendment. They don't have amendments. I'm pretty sure it's a different language, so, you know, probably called something else. Well, I mean, I know from all the drunk antics we've done together, it's probably going to be called out for being gay at some point. It happens. You are? It happens on this show. What? what? Who is? No, between us. We've done some 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 things that are like, ah, and you'd be like stoned to death in this country. Jeez. Which is like, all right, well, let's move along. Uh, so uh, <laughs> we're not naming names, but, uh, you know, good luck out there, buddy. And thanks. Yeah. Thanks again. You're, Thank uh, you. I guess one of the most devout listeners because you're still shredding. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, Cody, you said you had a good week, right? Uh, yeah, I did, uh, did another voice acting thing. I'm, gonna, I'm on a fucking roll. Good. Nice. I did a... Did a commercial for fellow podcast, uh, not for human consumption. Uh, ah, it, it's funny because like the commercials for Beard Bomb, and I'm like the least chin fuzzed out one on this podcast. So, dude, but your voice sounds like you have the biggest I, beard. <laughs> just a compound out of beard all of that us. just has like three different colors, like layered on each other, like Neapolitan ice cream. You got the red beard. I just shaved mine off. I could have sent it to you. <sighs> it's already coming back. Like I'm, I'm already seeing like stubble. Do you see uh, this so mustache? You, Do you see what's going yeah, on here? It's brilliant. Oh yeah. You know what? It's when I when stash. I shave when I shave this mustache, I shit you not. The first thought I had was, I wish I had a gap in my front tooth. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> yeah, a mustache and a gap mine? in the could... front teeth. That looks good. That's a good look for anyone. I tried yeah, doing you... that mustache for like a day, and my sister said I look like a rapist. Well. <laughs> You kind wow, of that's yeah. coming from your sister. And I was like, "Fuck, mm. yeah." Yeah, my mom said the same. That she kind of like you know agreed with it. And I was <laughs> your like, "Mom, Fuck. I thought you looked like a rapist, <laughs> or like a, a rapist slash pervert." <laughs> the son that I produced into this world looks like he's gonna rape the baby. I take reared. that off your face. Ugh. Yeah. 
What a fucking nightmare. All right. So, so who's on the Chapman slabby? Oh, I chopped it in All half. Right. Oh, there's another chop. Well, yeah, whoa. It, you listen to the podcast, so you know you clicked on it. It's Frank Sinatra Part 2. Uh, George Evans died in the last one. If you didn't yeah. hear that, oh, go yeah. hear how George Evans died. And uh, if you didn't listen to that one, don't listen to this one. Because what are you doing? That yeah. one's a big setup. All yeah. the juice is going to happen now. And the last one was, uh, I wouldn't say total juice, but it was juice. There was pulp in there. There was a lot of juice. Yeah, it was, was like pulp. And it was I really, a full squeeze. It was like 70% juice. Gotcha. This is yeah. 100%. I, re- I really re- appreciate how that, that sweet mugshot is like only 2% juice because he's such a bitch ass. He didn't do anything badass. He just lied to a woman, which everyone <laughs> does all the time. Yeah, you but a, back then you it got you arrested. Yeah. For that. <laughs> All right, so Frank Sinatra Part 2. Do uh, it. When we wrapped up the last one, just a re- quick recap, his uh, career uh, had, had done a nice little apex and was is now uh, uh, on its way down. He's not doing so well. He doesn't look great in the public eye. Um, Hollywood. What year are we? Because I'm, I'm, I'm very year-based. Okay. Yeah, we're about uh, 51, 52 right now. All right. Okay. So Frank is, uh, like I said, he's not doing great with Hollywood, but he's still getting his parts. Uh, then he gets an opportunity to star in a film called Meet Danny Wilson, which is kind of weirdly adjacent to his life, as it has to do with uh, a failing singer and a gangster that demands a cut of his pay in order to promote him and lots of women troubles. So people are like, oh, yeah, it's just like a uh, it's like a glorified, romant- romanticized version of whatever Frank Sinatra is fucking doing right now. Uh, the film is uh, awful. It was received terribly at the time, nice. and it sucks okay. now. Good. That's about it. That's all you got to know. Good job, Frank. Perfect. So it wasn't a good, like, you know, he thought he was going to break back into Hollywood with that one. So he was pretty pissed off. Uh, the filming of this was a fucking nightmare, as Frank was working with... Uh, he was trying to get that divorce going with Nancy that we mentioned a couple times during the last episode. It resulted in priests, psychiatrists, and family members swamping the set to deal with Frank's erratic behavior. In that order? Ah. Oh, yeah. So it was, it was first. It was an entourage of like, I gotta see how Frankie's dying! And Frankie's like, I just put these two pizzas over my nipples! It's so <laughs> erratic! Look at me! Yeah, bring in the priest. Is that what he was doing? I don't it's know. close, dude. It's... <laughs> it really is. Um, so he and his co-star Shelly Winters got into screaming matches every day. She punched the shit out of him once, and Frank left the set hysterical. She later said that. <laughs> <laughs> she later said on record that he was the first Italian guy to not hit her back. Oh. Oh, whoa! Like, hey, what are you good. doing? Whoa! I like this. It's like social justice, but racist too. Yeah, but I this... appreciate this weird flavor <laughs> you just poured on us. This is painting a picture of the time. This is the fifties. Like, if you if you were a woman, you weren't happy with your man's, and you smacked him upright, you had to be ready for a slap. Especially yeah, Italian. Do that. Huh? He walked away from it. He yeah, could've, he could have done it because Shelly Winters can hold her own. So yeah. she's like disappointed. Well, Shelly's like. So I was like, ooh, is that salami a smell on your breath? Oh, no. I'm going to have it coming. Oh, oh, oh. But then Frankie's like, oh, I'm not going to hit you. Whoa, hey, hey, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what do you say? Hey. Frankie gets salami drunk? Basically, Frank returns after a couple days of being a super winner from being slapped by a woman and uh, not hitting back when you were allowed to. And uh, what? I, I, it was a joke. Don't take Got that it. seriously. Okay. Um, so Shelly walked off the set because she was uh, she was just done. When he came back, she was like, I don't even want to work with this guy. So she got an emotional phone call from Nancy begging her to finish the film or Frank wouldn't get the money for filming. And the bank would foreclose on their house. So 
Imagine oh. being one of the highest paid entertainers in the world and being such a smooth-brained moron that you can't figure out how to do money at all. This guy <laughs> is one of the top entertainers in cash all day. Yeah. He cannot figure out how to, like, all right, uh, Frank, you're buying this. This is the payments. Oh, okay. Let me put my money in the fucking garbage can and light it on fire. <laughs> and then my <clears throat> put my kids on the fucking street. It was a different time back then. Well, yeah. I mean, to go back to the first episode, I mean, it, it, with his mom, you know, like, I don't think his mom ever taught him the power of a dollar. You know what I mean? Hey, yeah. you get a slice with that. Hey, you get two slices. Right? Yeah. So. Very privileged. Many pants. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Shelly did return to the set just because she felt bad for Nancy that her Neanderthal husband was going to put the kids on the street. This is. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Shelly. Uh. Then finally, Nancy agrees to divorce Frank after that one. (laughs) Still took a while to happen, but while waiting for the paperwork to go through, he and Ava Gartner, which I had started mentioning in the last one, um, they started openly dating. The press absolutely loved this shit, and they followed him everywhere. And Frank was one of those guys who would yell and scream at the press, and he would give them, like, ammo to work with. Don't never do that. Paparazzi are vicious. You have to watch what you say. And keep your balls in your fly. So I was I was trying I was looking up uh, possible people to roast and I saw Mickey Rooney and apparently he also dated Ava Gardner. Really? Yeah. He, he is the funniest racist ever. Yeah. Well, apparently he was sliding his fucking Rooney and then like Frank came along. He's like, oh, let me get a piece of that Rooney. Don't but you know the, you know the role I'm talking about in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah. I was like, to man, it's a mad, 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 mad world. Dude, he's a great actor, but you know, time was different. Rooney. He's also an idiot. <laughs> well, we're going to find out on on, on, yeah. a, on an upcoming episode of Roast Mortem about Rooney Man. Rooney. <laughs> Nancy was taking her sweet time filing the papers, so Frank moved to Nevada, where for some reason you can divorce people very easily if you set up residency there. Uh, it's like yeah. a two-month waiting period, and then once you get someone to agree to it, you can basically do it all yourself. I think this state mm-hmm. law still exists. I'm not exactly sure how it works, but well, they set up the Easy Pass system in Nevada. <laughs> you just put the you put the badge in your forehead and you walk through yeah, the yeah. booth and it says you're divorced now. Oh, oh, honey, I am so they... sorry. <laughs> We're divorced. <laughs> <laughs> Made a mistake. Oops. They do have the drive-through chapels and all that. Yeah. So this is just two. This legislators legislatures just to counteract that probably uh, something like that. Yeah. I mean, either way. So Frank and Ava had a lovely time in Nevada. In the first week, the two got into a huge fight, and Frank tried to overdose on sleeping pills. Nice. Oh, how do you fail? Just you just keep Woke going, up. man. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and then it turns out that Frank's plan to use Nevada residency for divorce didn't work, as the judge needs to see that you intend to permanently live in Nevada. And the judge was like, uh, "You're Frank Sinatra. You don't live anywhere. You're you're a rich homeless <laughs> man." Uh, oh, wow. Eventually, the divorce did go through, and it made Nancy extremely rich. Uh, well, like, okay. very, very rich. Never get married. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, did she get Unless rich from what she got? What, did she get rich from what she got at the time? Or were these, like, uh, went after Frank became famous? He uh, owed her money? Like, annuity? Is well, that it? Frank is famous at this time. Um, I know, and, but and like, he, was she getting more? Was she getting money as he got more and more and more famous? Yeah, she was finance wise. She was kind of kept in the dark for a few years, and Frank would buy whatever she needed. But she was a very old school 
Italian woman who um, really paid attention to every single dollar that was going in and out on her own end. Um, so it was hmm. like Frank handles all the bills, and I just like I get an allowance and I save it. Uh, she was fi- financially responsible. Um, right. So you got to she know, got a good lawyer is know. what I'm trying to say because she didn't okay. know how much money was coming in, and then. Uh, the lawyer ended up getting a percentage of his royalties. Yikes. Something like uh, the equivalent of like 30 grand a month in today's money um, until she got married again, which I don't think she did. I forget the exact number then, but it was a lot of money. She would get that a month as long as she wasn't married. So what's her incentive? Because if if I was a woman and I got divorced and I got $30,000 to stay divorced, are you fucking kidding me? Fuck that. Yeah, yeah I'm not, I would do yeah. that, dude. I'm doing Fuck fucking. Around. Yeah, I'm. I'm not just fucking around. I'm gonna rub it in his face. I'm gonna start doing interracial gangbang porns. Like, <laughs> be like, thanks for the money, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Going to the strip club and throwing the singles from your alimony at the the male strippers. Yeah. Oh, the Chippendales, nice. Yeah, yeah, but uh, Nancy was. She was. Um, I, I don't really have much bad to say about her. Looking into this, she just. She got a lawyer. Frank fucked around with her really bad. Uh, Ava and Frank made official plans to get married, uh, which were promptly ruined when these two children didn't get along for one evening. The wedding was canceled two days before, and then a miracle happened. It was back on the night before, because we're dealing with idiots. (laughs) Aha. Oh, so they're like, we're going to get married, and they're like, nah. And they're like, yeah, we're actually going to do it. JK. (laughs) Just a fucking mess. This whole event that was secret... But open secret, so the paparazzi <laughs> knew about it, and uh, dude, that just sounds like people today, right? Like they're just trying to cause attention for themselves. Yeah, like the kind of assholes who go on a hike and then take a Instagram photo and be like, "I love solitude." <laughs> I, okay, sure. I like that good, good painting of picture. I love how humble our relationship is. He is. Me get married at the stadium on the Mega Blow Jumbolotron. Oh Mega Jumbolotron, okay. I think if the Mets are losing and if you decide to do it on the day of, you can get that for like $200. Yeah, you, you got to pay for that, folks. Can you get a picture of Mr. Met? All right, Maria, look up there. Stop looking at, stop looking at your phone. Look at that thing. Look at it. Look at it, Maria. <laughs> Anyway, but he's got to wait for like the Mets to be like down by eight first. No one wants to get married at a losing game. <laughs> we got crushed that night, but I married your mother, and we were married <laughs> for two months. And then we moved to Nevada for some reason. <laughs> she won't tell me. Ava was just what Frank needed to get his stride back, though. Even though they had this really awful relationship, it was like a confidence booster because she was, you know, this lovely, big-titted actress that everyone loved, and even Dolly approved of his, her new non-Italian daughter-in-law. But uh, so, like, yeah, he 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 needs this confidence booster, but that doesn't happen overnight. He's got this crazy high alimony. He's got a lot of debts. And a lot of back taxes that he has to pay. Uh-huh. So Frank actually is the guy who's relying on Ava financially for about six months. Wow. it's That's a huge blow to a man of 1950s. Okay, I can imagine that. Yeah. Uh, so he spent some time acting like a coat rack to Ava. His agency, MGA, was intentionally not doing anything for Frank because he was such a fucking prick. Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> They'd rather just let the contract expire. Then help out old oh, blue okay. idiot. 
Uh, just for context, in 1944, he had been selling out the Paramount nightly to those Bobby Soxers, lines around the corner, waiting to get a glimpse of this fucking guy. In 1951, the time we're talking about now, he couldn't sell half the capacity for one night. Okay. This. Oh, shit. Yeah, this is how much his popularity. And he didn't, it wasn't like P.O.D., where they were able to <laughs> latch onto the Christian community and still get them fucking numbers up, you know? All right. They were they were more like a they were he was more of like a lit. Oh, like a lit? No. Yeah. Wait, was he Yeah, so he's not hitting 311 status. We're like those people go nuts. <laughs> no, he does at one point in his career. I'm just trying to let you know where where we're at right now. You know, he's he was right. crushing it. And now 1951, he is sucking. He can't sell out the small <laughs> venues. It's kind of like, it's almost like a backwards version of, oh, what's his name? Fucking, oh, god damn it. I just had a joke and I lost the name of the guy. It wasn't funny. It was never going to be funny. The guy who does ball to the ball to bang Kid Rock. It's like a back, it's a backwards version of Kid Rock. Kid Rock sold out everywhere. Now Kid Rock's doing Republican rallies. So it's grown up rock or grown up pebble. It's, it's fucking embarrassing. Okay. His friends even stopped showing up to the small gigs that he would do because he would shout them out. Oh. And, like, all of his high-profile friends, if if he was playing a club in L.A. that he used to pack out, it would be, like, maybe a quarter capacity full. And if he saw one of his friends in the audience, he'd be like, Hey, we're good buddies. And people stopped showing up. So his friends weren't even going to his shows. <laughs> really? Yeah. All Frank's representation wanted out. His publicist, Mac Miller, confronted Frank and told him if he didn't stop literally fist-fighting the press every time he had a chance, then he was going to walk. So something clicked in Frank, and he agreed to let Irving Fine write a two-part open letter apologizing to the press and thanking them for all the good that they've done for him. Oh, my God. What a bitch ass. Yeah. So was he uh, sucking at playing the piano or something, or singing like that? Was he not performing? He well? doesn't play the piano, Mike. He's not liberate. He played piano too. <laughs> no, dude. No, this is not uh, Billy Joel. Who do you? Th- <laughs> Billy Joel's alive. He's probably down the block. But isn't there like yeah, piano in the background of all Frank Sinatra's songs? I feel like. Yeah, but he's not I, playing it. Oh, he plays with a band. The, oh, he plays with like thirty I gotcha. people. Mike, Mike. That's Mike. like, oh, I, Mike, you just sound like, oh, Britney Spears. Oh, my God. What a great saxophonist. <laughs> yeah, right, dude? I mean, you never know. Maybe she does saxophone. <laughs> Don't you hate, like, being at a fucking event and whoever's, like, performing didn't pack out as much as they would have liked? So, like, the photographer asks you to, like, move towards the stage so they can like use the pov cheat to make it seem Uh, like it's packed off oh yeah that's not that's actually not the photographer that's the artists want the ushers to do that yeah 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 for the photography yeah it's actually pretty pretty funny uh my my buddy ronnie was telling me he went to vegas um yeah uh this is like 10 years ago he was out there and this he went to go see andrew dice clay and okay. Andrew Dice Clay also had a huge slump in his career. He's killing it right now. Okay. But there was that time in the early 2000s where no one gave a shit about that guy and his gloves. Oh, So Ronnie said that he was playing the room at the Tangiers and there was about 40 people there. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Theater. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And they were all in like you a could lay cube. down. Mm-hmm. Which is like my introvert ass is just like, Damn. no, don't ask me to be near people. You That's fuck this sting, up. Though. Yeah. He's probably used to like selling out like stadiums and shit like that. Andrew Dice clubs. Clay is the first comedian to ever sell out Madison Square Garden. Really? So imagine huh, that, that feeling. <laughs> it's four, I mean, hey, four is better than nothing, I guess. Always positive, Mike. Yep. 
Uh, so he used this opportunity when he was talking to the press to reiterate all the George Evans lies that were told about his upbringing, the things that never happened, you know, his rough childhood. He, he also needed to put it out there that he had zero ties to organized crime and that he had never <laughs> met mob boss Lucky Luciano. Of course, this was not true, as police had found a cigarette case in Luciano's car on a raid with an engraving that read, To my dear friend from Frank Sinatra. Nice. <laughs> oh, so, you know, the, the, you know, Frank Sinatra is a very common name. There's got to be like, what, 60 Frank Sinatras running around the city? He's basically sloppy blue eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I really like this, this thing that I have. I, like, you're my friend. I'm going to pee on you, so I know that everyone likes me. Everyone <laughs> likes you, Travis. Don't, don't everyone who listens me. to this podcast listens for you. It's no, it's marking the territory. You're supposed to pee on everyone. I've dribbled a few drops on you guys. You just weren't paying attention. Oh, God, supposed you to pee sick on fuck. jellyfish <laughs> things. Are you actually yeah, well, supposed to do I that, said. or yeah. do you think that's just something that locals tell uh, tourists who who get fucked up? Maybe, yeah, or, maybe. It's, I don't know. I guess if we get stung, try it out. Tell me how it goes. I'm a, yeah. yeah, I'm just gonna go say Mike's right because he sounds the most like a surfer on this show. Mahalo. Hey, fuck you. So Ava had her lawyers write into her upcoming film contracts that Frank would have to be cast in a role through Universal if they want to sign her on. Even though she did all of this for him, Frank was always a dick to her, and she would over overreact about everything. So this is this is a great relationship we got going on right now. Beautiful, true love. Mm. He was yeah. he was starting to lose his muse. One oh. significant fight was after Ava had flown back to L.A. after a fight in a nightclub about another woman. Frank returned home ten days later to make amends, but Ava said, fuck it, you're a pile <laughs> of dog shit. Oh, my God. She said, I'm heading back to the house, and don't follow me. When Ava went back to the house, where uh, they had a couple friends staying, uh, they were just hanging out and enjoying the pool, one of which was uh, Lana Turner. The three pals were hanging out, chatting, and eating fried chicken in the kitchen when Frank showed up, and he was all pissed off. He was like a 135-pound toddler, accusing everyone in the room talking shit about him. Lana Turner later recounted the event and said they didn't talk about him at all, but uh, <laughs> he had been stalking the house. Oh, God. So the friends ran out, and within an hour, half of the furniture was on the front lawn, and the police had showed up to do nothing. Oh, I don't just love it when they do that. The press got a hold of this blowout, and through the shittiest games of telephone ever, the press had come to the conclusion that Ava and Lana were lezzing out, and Frank caught them and went oh, blind sick. with conservative moral rage and tore what? apart the house. I'd be hired to like <laughs> Right? <laughs> so this actually fucked with Lana Turner's career for a while. She did bounce back from it, but it fucked her up, this whole rumor. Mm -hmm. None of this happened. Um, finally, due to Ava's begging... Frank got the feature film that would kickstart his career again, playing Maggio in the wartime drama From Here to Eternity. There were a huh. lot of strings pulled, but eventually he got the part at a reduced rate. And also because the producer, Roy Cohen's first pick, was too expensive. Uh, we'll just go with, uh, what was this guy, uh, Frank Sinatra. Yeah. <laughs> Cilantro. Yeah, he's good. Cilantro. Frank Cilantro, he's great. What does he sing? Okay, cool. The music world was still kind of shot for him, though. He was back in Hollywood, but uh, he did a European tour that ended up getting canceled halfway through because Frank couldn't sell any tickets. And the people who did attend demanded their money back because it fucking sucked. <laughs> well, also, they just kicked the Italians' ass in World War II. Yeah, right. 
Yeah, that's true. Uh, we don't want to see this Frank signature. Filthy <laughs> Axis power shithead. Yeah. So like, Was he Mussolini's brother-in-law? Everyone's yeah. Mussolini's brother. So Frank cancels the tour. He's like, fuck you people. You don't understand what swing and swooning is. Crooning, swooning. So they fly back. Uh, Frank and Ava fly back to their London apartment where they're almost evicted immediately for fighting too loud. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess that's yeah, a thing, right. right? Yeah. So Frank Frank's musical career does start picking up again. It, it happens. Uh, in which that time, Frank's turns into an even bigger piece of shit than before. He's a, a whiny bitch-ass rat child who yelled at everyone. And uh, he also left Ava in the dust. The two ended up stopped talking to each other, and they would only talk through the press. Oh, So people would that... get interviews. Uh, press would get interviews and be like, hey, what's going on with your wife? And be like, well, tell us she's a fucking bitch. <laughs> and she'd chirp back like... Yeah, uh, his penis is short. He's a giant child. You I know? feel like Frankie really is the spirit of New Jersey. <laughs> like, he's like one of the first, pe- like the like the first wow. Guido kind of thing. Yeah, if like Jersey had a spirit animal, it'd be yeah. Frank Sinatra. <laughs> well, that's his, that's their national, that's their state a- animal. Sinatra, yeah. the, the national. It crawled <laughs> out of bird. the mud. Yeah, yeah, like it's kind of it's like a muddy mud skipper. It's like, oh, whoa, hey, uh, yeah, way. Catch it, it's turn into a mud. wallet. While Ava was in Rome on a film shoot, the press reported that she was seen dining with actor Peter Lawford, who was a friend of Sinatra. Frank Ooh. called Lawford, and the next day <laughs> he goes. Uh, you want your legs broken, you fucking asshole? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining a walking asshole with just two legs. Um, also, th- these two were filming a movie together. They were friends, like, just out. Rehearsing scenes. Uh, um, th- they might have been, they might have been uh, filming a movie. Yeah, it looks scandalous. Practicing the kissing scene. But also keep in mind, Frank Sinatra is fucking someone every other hour. Yeah. It's like, tiring. I mean, like I don't like I don't know if fucking Lawford and Gardner had a thing, but like, does it fucking matter? He's got a sex addiction. Nah. Like, just reach out to your fucking wife. He's an emo kid. Ah, uh, he's an emo kid. In November of 1953, Frank was found by buddy Jimmy Van Heusen with his wrist slash in the elevator of Jimmy's apartment building. Oh, fuck. oh shit! Is he uh, okay? <laughs> well, yes. There is more of this episode. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> Wait, did he yes. go? Did he go across the street or, or, or down the river? He went across the street. Uh, uh, Jimmy had to pe- he had Wait, to pe- who slit their wrists? Frank Sinatra. What the fuck? Yeah, dude. <laughs> he didn't die? <laughs> no, he, because he did it like a bitch ass. Oh, damn. He's got no charisma. All right, anyway. <laughs> uh, Jimmy had to pay a bunch of people to keep hush-hush about the whole incident. The booking agent for the event that Frank was supposed to be out while he was busy selfishly committing suicide... Was only informed an hour after call time. After leaving Columbia Records, Frank couldn't find another label to take him on. Uh, he did end up signing with Capitol Records a few years. Uh, I would say about nine months after after leaving Columbia, which is nineteen fifty two ish. It was on the terms that he would receive no advanced or sign up bonus and would have to pay his own studio expenses. Embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. That is really bad. Uh, and this guy sold how many? I mean, has he's he sold like a lot of records now, right? Yeah, but one oh, thing, yeah. just so you know, and the listeners know, all the shit that we know Sinatra from, the music-wise, it hasn't happened yet. Wow. Okay. Okay. 
Really? Like, ain't that a kick in my butthole? Yeah, like Frank is has okay. these golden years ahead of him. Okay. Okay. These are like the 60s. We're leading up to the 60s, right? We're still or in the, the early late? 50s. Okay. This dude, uh, Voyle Gilmore, was his producer, and uh, Nelson Riddle was his composer and arranger for the pieces. Those are porn star names. Yeah, Nelson <laughs> Riddle and Voyle Gilmore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna boil you. Yeah, they did all the the work to make Sinatra a star again. They were uh, a really good powerhouse when it comes to writing cool music. Uh, they made it happen. Frank would just be a smelly homeless person and probably would have drank himself to death if these two guys didn't volunteer to step in. All right. So they're responsible for what people refer to as the capital years of Sinatra's career. They were all okay. the big hits that still get played on TV and uh, publishing deals like crazy. I've got the world on a string. I get a kick out of you. Uh, they can't take that away from me. Come fly with me, and I've got you under my skin. Those are just a few. Good ones. Crawling in my skin! <laughs> I love that one. That one? Yeah, dude. That's exactly the one. I'm glad you said it. <laughs> Uh, while Frank's career was starting to look good, he was still upset about Ava. He was tired of living alone in the apartment, so he moved his agent, Jules Stein, into his apartment by force. He had a crew of dudes go to the hotel that he was living in and just take everything out while Jules wasn't there and moved all the shit into his five-bedroom apartment. Dude, college hunks. They know how to do it, man. So... During this time, he was very, very sad about the whole uh, Ava thing. So Jules just got to watch an Italian man look into a picture frame with his ex-wife in it, or future ex-wife, just crying. Wow. <laughs> uh, that, that was his experience. And then a few months later, Jules came back to the apartment one day and just had a note on the kitchen counter that said, I'd appreciate it if you moved. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> and, and he didn't get an explanation until like 10 years later or something. Really? Yeah, I don't know exactly what the fucking explanation was, but imagine that shit. Like, if I just moved you out of your house. Yeah, I just, like, go back to my house, nothing's there. Yep. You, you don't even tell me. Yeah. I wonder if he told him that he moved all his shit. He goes back to the hotel, all the stuff's gone, he's probably, like, panicking. Oh, he asked for his room key, because back then <laughs> you would just leave the room key with the with the uh, clerk. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the clerk was like, oh, Sinatra checked you out forever. <laughs> forever. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Dude, that's crazy. I don't know how I'd feel about that. He's not a dog. I mean, do you live in a nice house? <laughs> yeah, like, all right. So if someone moved me into a nice house and I had all, you know, I have room and shit, that's cool. Uh -huh. But I still kind of feel weird about it. <laughs> if someone moves you into their house and then, like, you don't get any sleep because they just keep waking you up, like, smashing mirrors and shit <laughs> and, like, crying about their ex-wife... <laughs> All right. I guess that shit could probably fucking get old. You know? My fucking ex-wife, you whore! You whore! <laughs> you want some salami? So Ava officially applied for divorce in 1954 after moving to Nevada herself. Ah. Uh, she dragged her ass on the paperwork as well, insisting that Frank pay for the legal cost. Frank refused to do any of that shit until 1957. He never really got over her. Ava was the one that got away, as opposed to Nancy, uh, who was the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, sounds like it. Well, he didn't, he didn't, from the first episode, he didn't even really want to marry her. It was like a public, public publicity shit. Yeah, the saddest right? day of his life was the day he got married to Nancy. <laughs> yeah, oh right? Ah, uh, perfect. 
Yes. In 1954, Frank wins the Oscar for Best Supporting Role in the film From Here to Eternity that I mentioned before. Oh, wow. I didn't know he won an Oscar. Uh, he was nominated a few times. He won. I think he won three Oscars. Holy shit. Uh, it, right. It's more than one, but this was That's his first one. Systems rigged, bruh. <laughs> Dude, the Academy, who are they? Uh, so basically... Uh, uh, metal burn. Uh, you can burn through iron at 360 billion no, degrees. Yeah. And then if the Academy existed in New York, they would be stationed underneath the 9-11 buildings. Yeah, who votes Jeff. for that? I mean, like, who it's, decides? It's, it's an it's a, it's a auditorium of old white guys yeah. that hate young people and black people and, and gay people and... Yeah. You know what? It's their job. So I don't know why we take them seriously. Yeah, right. They're just, they're just doing it for a paycheck. We have to understand as a society that they're not the bad guys anymore. You can't change them. It's everyone else who acknowledges them. Yeah, If right. you watch the Oscars and take it seriously, if you work in film and you're like, well, it's a good one in Oscar, you know, it's got to be good. <laughs> like, you're fucking up. These people yeah. were, this is how they were designed to operate. Yeah, all you gotta just be like if if you if you're a director if we're listening to any, any famous people listening to our show, yeah, let us know and want to give me an Oscar. But if anything, listen to a show and you're a director, be like, hey, and the Oscar goes to this idiot, and the idiot would be like, <laughs> all right, that's cool, sick, bro, you guys suck. Yeah, I don't need your recognition. There's actually a rule about Oscar transfers. Like before you give one away, you have to let the Academy have a chance to buy it back for a dollar. So essentially, to transfer an Oscar. Oh, right, 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 yeah. Yeah, so like the Academy has to essentially okay you giving your Oscar to someone else, which they never do. That's stupid and well, dumb and shitty. Which why would you give your Oscar away? I'd be like, oh, I got an Oscar, fuck yeah. Well, some people get, like, you remember the people who did the, the graphics for Life of Pi? They went bankrupt right, right, right before the Oscars. Oh, wow. Because VFX artists get paid, like... Uh, you know, like fast food, fifteen dollars an hour, dude. Fifteen bucks an hour. I guess you gotta live. Yeah. Fuck. Essentially, the Academy doesn't want Oscars showing up in pawn shops. Oh, uh, true. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you're you're all at fault here, not them. They're the they're, world. They're blind. You can't fix the retarded. <laughs> <laughs> all right, <Yeah>. Tom. <laughs> Oops. I might cut that one. We'll see. Oops. Anyway, um, so this worked in his favor. Because he started getting uh, lead role offers, and he Yay. he can get more work, and he started paying the bills. Uh, the Oscar had opened up a lot of jobs to him, so he figured out his finances and set himself up to buy 2% of the Sands Hotel Casino. This took a while for his buying application to go through because the IRS was on his ass about back taxes, ah. which were, to be fair, pretty figured out by then. Wait, so By, by the he... mid-50s... By the mid-50s, he kind of sorted his shit out. He had a lot of money, so fixing his financial woes was not a big deal. So he bought all the milk for the sands. Oh. oh and, yeah. like, Jesus. the worst kind. The worst kind, 2%. 2%, yes. Love Go 2%. whole milk. Fuck you. Fuck you, dude. What you, uh, Tom, you're probably a skim boy. Me? Probably a little skimmy. I'm a whole milk man, dude. If I drink Hell skim yeah, milk, dude. I'm falling down the stairs. You Cody see loves that blue juice. I don't, I don't work for this fucking body, dude. I had to work for the mustache, but I don't work for this body. Yeah, Tom. <laughs> you know? Tom puts all of his nutrients and homeostasis processes into his facial hair, not his musculature, not his skeleton, nothing like that. And that's why my breath smells. And that's why he does a podcast, <laughs> yes, and not hurtling. 
one day I'll hurdle. Anyway. And also the Las Vegas Gambling Commission, which needs to approve the exchange of any ownership involving Vegas casinos, were holding them up. His mob tie and activity made them somewhat uncomfortable. But in reality, it was all mob people anyway. The commission is like, they have to put on this fanfare like, we don't want criminals taking your money. And everyone's they a criminal. criminals to sing that. Like, well, at, at this time at, at this time in Vegas, there's only four or five operating casinos. This is very early in its life. Every yeah. single one of them was owned by a, a, a mobster. Well, that was Vegas was a mobster's retreat, right? That yeah. was like yeah. there. That was it was built on mob. The movie Casino and Mormons. The movie Casino is actually like towards the end of the mob heyday. Uh, like they kind of show like how it's taken down, but for yeah. real, the IRS had no idea how to keep track of these casinos. So well, the IRS can't keep keep track of shit. They suck. Oh yeah, but they weren't even <laughs> no. But Dude, like they knew like they the knew IRS, how much of a no. problem. Hold on. If the IRS could keep track of shit, then they just send us a bill. We don't have to file anything. Yeah. You'd be like, okay, this is what you owe. Okay, cool. No, dude, I actually appreciate that they don't because I'm a fucking genius with my taxes. No, That's for another episode. Careful. Yeah. Okay. Well, allegedly. Um, allegedly. In Minecraft. Well, okay, Will Smith. Don't talk shit about my friend. I know, but he just loves allegedly. Allegedly. Well, he tries to keep himself safe. Anyway. The IRS didn't even try to keep track of what was happening there, so mobsters were able to get away with a lot of shit. Las Vegas was hysterical. <laughs> the Sands was actually already owned by mobster Bugsy Siegel. Ah. Um, oh, this deal that he made, it, it acquired him millions of dollars for his 2% okay. share. It turned into a 9% share as a gift by Jimmy Vincent Blue Eyes Alo. The criminal activity that was tied to this place is astonishing. If you look at the career on the sands and who the owners were and why they went to jail eventually, murder, racketeering, drug dealing, raping, kidnapping, it's just on and on of the people who were involved in this, like official owners of this fucking building. Sounds Italian. Yes. So the thugs, they kind of, they brought Frankie in. They wanted him to sing there. It wasn't just... Uh, hey, you know, you're a nice guy, you with money. It was like, hey, why don't you bring in people to sing? <laughs> so he became the most prominent entertainer in Las Vegas. Okay, so he, wait, so he became Chris Angel. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. wow. He was he the first Martin Chris Angel. Freak. I touched yeah. uh, Chris Angel's uh, steering wheel one time. Is that true? And, and the hand I touched it with, uh, it took me months to get the black nail polish off. You've never been the same. Dude, I mean, well, if you think about Frank Sinatra, he's mind-freaking all these women. But, like, in reality, because Chris Angel's magical, Chris Angel came before Frank Sinatra. He, like, started Vegas. We can't actually prove that Chris Angel isn't Frank Sinatra. Ooh. I've never seen them in the same room. Yeah. Dude, we should start a side conspiracy show. Do you know that, like, so. Chris Angel, he's from Long Island. I know. And, well, uh, no, he, he's from the center of the earth. Oh, like yeah, you're right. No, no, core but, yeah, but this is, where, this is where he birthed on Long Island. Okay. And I was yeah. talking to some guy. I totally forget who it was, but he used to work in a music shop and said Chris Angel used to come by and just drop VHSs of himself doing magic tricks, like to promote himself for events. Whoa. And he would just leave dude. VHSs of himself doing fucking card tricks. Be like, hire me for your party, Chris Angel. Oh, dude. I Holy mean, that's fuck. so sick, dude. He's probably like sick on soaps, too. He like soaps. Soap, soap board, soap, soap down some rails. He's from Long Island? Yeah, man. That's cool. So is John Edwards. Both of them had sex and had a baby. It's called... Not together. 
No, together. And they had a Fra- butt baby. It's, Frank Sinatra. Yeah, Frank Sinatra's. I thought it was so cool when Chris Angel would put cards through like metal doors. Dude, he does good tricks. Yeah. Because he is a, he's a freak. He's a mind freak. Uh-huh. All right. So let's. All right. Enough of that Vegas guy. Let's get into the, the other Vegas guy. So, like I said, they wanted him to sing. Uh, he eventually became the vice president of the corporation, and he was making $100,000 a week when he was oh, performing there. Oh, good job, Frank. Ooh. He was like their little monkey. <laughs> they would let him gamble endlessly with basically their monopoly money. Uh, they even built a three-room suite on the ground floor because as Frank got older, he became more afraid of heights. Uh, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> once again, Frank was in like full baby mode. Like, Dude, this is a man-child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if he ordered something from the 24-hour kitchen that he demanded, uh, and it wasn't to his liking, he would throw the plate at the wall, and the chef would definitely be fired. Damn. Oh, He's one of those. If he didn't like the color of an ashtray or a telephone that was in the hotel, it could be in the lobby, it could be in a room, wherever he was, <laughs> he would just break it. That's attention to detail right there. It's attention to being ridiculous. Yeah. It's yeah. not even in his room. It's just the lobby ashtray, and he just smashed it. Yeah. Well, guys, well, quick question. Mind, what was the last thing you broke because you didn't like the color of it? Can't think Who of it. does that? But in his mind, Dude. he's justifying. He's like, I got to get rid of it. I don't like it in my my casino. Yeah, but he only owns 9%. <laughs> I know. It's pretty nuts. Doesn't even well, ask that, nine, <laughs> that 9% was that ashtray. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Justified. Chipping away at it. <laughs> this, this is, is the wrong design. <laughs> uh, they kept staff. They they kept a staff of bellboys on to only deal with Frank's late night drunk wow. cravings. I and want, drunk. I want to be drunk, that rich. Yeah, I want to be that he, rich, he, famous. So it was like this illusion because he would get mad when the hotel staff didn't do what he wanted. So they just like hired a staff to watch him. <laughs> Babysitters. Yeah, like they, they were they, because if he would stand, he, you know, if he would call in to the front desk, be like, "Hey, I want some food," and they would be like, "Oh, hold on, Mister Sinatra, I'm dealing with something." That person would get fired. It's probably nice Oof. to live in a hotel. So he would have his own phone lines, and like I don't even, I don't know if he knew how aware of like the service he was getting because it was uh, just like if it comes from this phone, it's like your job is to pick up this one phone line because that's Sinatra's room, yeah. right? All right, like, I know we deal with some exceptional cases here, but, like, I never understand how boomers and the greatest generation could just live in hotels. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we hear a lot of people, it's like, I live in, I, like, this person lived in a hotel. I mean, obviously, I Frank live in a fucking is, like, hotel. he, owns part, of, awesome. he owns part of it, but, like, you can't live in hotels anymore. It's more no. expensive than getting a cheap house. A cheap yeah. basement house. Uh, yeah, cheap basement house dwelling. So Frank also had this thing where he wanted his performer friends to come and play the sands, okay. get some more people in the door because it helped. You know, if you can get more big name tickets, why not? He didn't know how bribes worked or or how to <laughs> so like simple. finesse stuff. So he would go all smooth brain on it, and he'd invite them to the hotel. He would comp everything. He'd give them money for. Um, you know, like oh, you're my friend. Like here, just take some money, whatever you want. Just put it on my tab. If they said he, and then he would just like spring it on them, be like, "Hey, uh, you're gonna play here next month," and a lot of them were like, uh, "I'm an adult, so no, no, because <laughs> like I would if I could, but I have other engagements." You know, these were his right. friends; they would. Uh, he would just never talk to them again. Fuck that! Oh, oh what a little weenie boy! Yeah, it's just oh, like, uh, why didn't you just ask them before you spent all that money? 
if that's how like you operate, like you, this is a lose lose, dude. <laughs> that's so wild. Uh, so we got Frank Sinatra, full yeah. baby boy, running around Vegas being the king shit. When you're in Vegas, got a lot of hookers, and that's oh, yeah. good because Frank loved hookers. Ooh. And he treated them better than uh, a lot of women in his life because he knew he could make them go away easier. And a uh, lot of them didn't mind being called Ava. <laughs> oh, yeah. but Tom, those are not hookers. They are sex workers. Come on, let's be real. This is, 20, this is 2019. I, I have no problem with hookers, so I don't know why people are <laughs> like, what, what's the deal here? It's a sex worker, dude. Because, like, they put their vagina You're a hooker. There. It's fine. No, no, no. They, they don't hook anyone with their vagina. They say, here's my W-9. Get in yeah. it. got to follow my text. Get in my t- <laughs> Yeah, w is just another word for vagina now, Travis. Yep. My W-9. Yes. Yeah, the first few years of uh, Frank being in Vegas, he, he loved his hookers, and he, he loved hookers his whole life, but he really treated them well at this time. There's a lot of fond memories from ladies uh, that were called Ava that night. At least he didn't kill <clears> any. No, no, he didn't that kill any of them. Of. Uh, Frank yeah, had gotten to the top of the world very quickly again. His singing career was doing very well. He was getting some solid roles in Hollywood, and the casinos were doing fantastic. Nice. One night, while leaving a uh, a Mel Torme show at a club in L.A., Frank got into a fistfight with Mel Torme's publicist over a minor miscommunication. The publicist asked Frank, who was in the car with him, so he could let Mel and his record label know who was in the audience that night, because that's a big thing. Frank thought that when he asked him, uh, he was a gossip columnist, and got out of the car, started yelling and screaming, calling him a leech, and then sucker punched him. Mm. The dude just... <sighs> and then the dude came back, and he popped Frank in the nose real good, and it resulted in Frank crying and screaming, <laughs> He hit me! He hit me! Ah, no! A lot of witnesses to this one, too. So the next day, Frank told the press the whole story about how the publicist had ganged up on him with two thugs, and Frank only did what he did in self-defense. A sucker punch. Yeah, and... (laughs) Like, sucker punches aren't self-defense. It's, uh... Causing more shit, because, uh... Like I said, he went to the press, he gave his side of the story, it was such bullshit... Because uh, there was a lot of eyewitnesses, so a few other publications, after printing that, ran a bunch of stories about Frank's previous fist fights with the press. <laughs> you mean slapping fits? Yeah, just, you know, the press was like, oh, yeah, he's back on top of it. Let's let's have fun. Get in so on he, it. And he's like, hell yeah, let me, like, like give DMZ you one of these. Some shit. So either way, yeah. I mean, it, this th- uh, immediately it didn't affect his career, because in 1954 and in 1955... Frank had more roles than any other Hollywood actor. Mm. The press wrote about wow. the second career, which we're talking about now, how he, he's basically starting over, and this enraged Frank. Uh, the music he had recorded previously about his woes with Ava before the Capitol times was kind of an embarrassment to him. He made every excuse he could in claiming that his career had always been roaring and that Columbia made him record shitty records. Uh, especially with composer Mitch Miller, his arrangements. He was calling out Mitch Miller for um, for writing shitty songs and Columbia for not giving him artistic freedom. Okay. Mitch Miller, who was a huge composer at the time, everyone knew, knew his name, he went to the press 
and made it abundantly clear that Sinatra's Columbia contract never infringed on any of his creativity at all, and Mitch did exactly what Frank had asked him to do. I agree with Mitch. Well, Mitch was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I feel like, just in general, if you're a musician, it doesn't make you an actor. Like, just stay in your lane, right? Rihanna. Uh, Well, see, the thing is, is Frank wasn't a bad actor. He was a good singer, and he wasn't a bad actor. If you can do it, fine, but you don't yeah. have to be a fucking cunt about it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think he's just staying in his lane to be like, whoa, ain't that a kick in my dick? And be yeah. like, all right, leave the Oscars to people that are thespians. 50 Cent's uh, a good thespians. Uh, is he a good actor? What did he do? Get Rich or Die Trying. That's a good movie. That's just a movie about him, isn't it? True. Or what he <laughs> wants people to think was a documentary. Yeah, the best cast I've ever seen. Yeah, right? It's, it's pretty 50 accurate. Cent as 50 Cent. You know what <laughs> I mean? 50 Cent. Really spot on. So either way, Mitch Miller, he fought back. And uh, he really didn't have any ill will towards Frank, but he let him have it. He also claimed that if you took the microphone away from Frank, he'd be slicing deli meats for a living. Um, Ooh, I like that. Ooh, yeah. I don't know if I like that jab because no, uh, no offense deli to deli meats are great. Yeah, nothing wrong with deli work. Did it for a no. long time. Uh, anyone who mentioned Miller to Frank would be written off from then on out. Yeah. Wow. November fifth, nineteen fifty four. Frank did something really dumb that got him plastered all over the news. He and Joe DiMaggio made a plan to break into Marilyn Monroe's apartment because they believed she was having. Lesbian sex. Whoa. Oh, Whoa. dude, Marilyn Monroe. Slizzy and why is it their business? Oh, because Joe DiMaggio was married to Marilyn Monroe. Oh, okay. Really? Oh. Yes. I didn't know that. And he wanted like it to... wasn't like they weren't trying to like see something cool. They were like, um, like she's having lesbian sex. We had to go break it up. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> it was gay. entirely to collect evidence for the d- divorce proceedings. Oh, that's gay. All right. You guys are homosexuals. We got to go stop this real hot activity. <laughs> We'll wait till they finish. Stamp it out like a campfire. So, these idiots uh, didn't catch Marilyn at all because they went to the oh. wrong apartment. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah. But the, but the police were called anyway, and the fiasco begins. Frank was dragged to court, and all of a sudden, key investigators and witnesses testifying against Frank and Joe were having the shit kicked out of them by these uh, kind of Neanderthals and fedoras. Goombas. Oh, okay. Goons. Yeah. This whole uh, wrong door case went on for a few months, and eventually the case was dropped, but due to inconclusive testimony. Ah. So that's also probably Goombas. Oh, it was all Goombas. 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 Enforcers. Why are why are the Mario enemies called Goombas? Mario is Mario. Yeah. Italian. Italian. And w- when you're in Italy, you don't want to go drinking with Goombas. You want <laughs> to step, step on them. Step on their you faces. You stomp yeah. them. All right. It's just stomping. Yeah. So Joe and Frank stayed fr- uh, together as good friends throughout the trial. But as soon as the trial was over, Sinatra started banging Marilyn Monroe and passing oh. her around to his fucking goons and hats like a Boston cream Slim Jim. Ew. Jeez. Those get passed around? That's pretty unsanitary. I yeah. wouldn't I wouldn't imagine. I thought, Mar- I mean, well, I knew Marilyn Monroe, Monroe got around. Dude, like- she was original L.A. She was Brazzer. She was, uh, yeah. what's the other ones? Uh, I don't know. I just Reality Kings. Yeah. Tushy.com. Tushy. That's a good one. Not so, sponsored. This court case gave Frank an idea. Frank started <laughs> suing members of the press. Oh, is, yeah. Why didn't I think of that? 
anyone who slighted him or wrote, wrote an inaccuracy, he went after. Uh, he first went after Bill Davidson, who wrote an award-winning three-part biography about Sinatra called Talent, Tantrums, and Torment in Look Magazine in 1957. Uh. Frank sued Davidson for $2.3 million for libel. <laughs> The piece was entirely accurate to Frank's misadventures and blew up his spot on not being a depre- uh, depression child. Whoa. And rather painted him as the privileged mama's boy that he was. That was too frail to have won any of the non-existent fights that he claimed to have been in. <laughs> He's losing non-existent fights. Jeez. <laughs> I like this. It's big phony. So before this went to court, Frank was convinced by the Look magazine to drop the case because... Everything printed was within their First Amendment rights. Oh. Entirely true. The, the court case never actually went through, but it was a big shtick in the press. Frank gave an empty warning to the press and would end up pulling the same shtick several more times before. One other noteworthy time that I'm going to mention about this is when he tried to sue an author that was uh, my reference for this entire two-episode bullshit. Hey. With, the, with the book His Way by Kit Kelly. Now, Kit Kelly, uh, she sought to get Frank for an interview for this, and he replied by threatening to sue her (laughs) and the publisher behind it for $2 million before a single word was even written. Oh, jeez. Kit Kelly... Is he just making up these amounts? Like, you get sued for $2 million. You get sued for $2 million. It reminds me of a specific podcaster. Oh, yeah, right. Mm. Yeah, it gets. Anyway, so Kit Kelly, with being rejected like that, now getting a full picture of who this... Uh, scumbag really was went on to interview 850 people about Frank's deplorable history that he tried to cover up for so long. That's a lot of people. This book was released a few years before Frank's death and Frank and his family and friends actually blamed the release of this book on all Frank's health issues following the release (laughs) eventually leading to his death. I mean it would be pretty depressing just to read a book just like someone just talking so much shit about you. But it's all true. Yeah, but it makes you like he like probably just reflected on it and kinda made him feel like guilty maybe. Yeah, but you should feel guilty, dude. That's what I'm saying. It's crazy. Yeah, he did everything that was in this. Had he given the interview too, it would have been easier. Um Wait, so is he known is he part of the rat pack now? Or what is No, not yet. That's later. Okay. Wow, he's a really late bloomer that just shot his load on everything way too early. Okay. Yeah, I'm getting in there. So this is uh, this is the first biographer that I've ever heard of killing their subject with embarrassment. <laughs> wow. Fuck. Uh, one small win for Frank is that he was able to write into his contracts with the movies, uh, Paramount, I think at the time, uh, is that the reporters were not allowed on company lots. Nah. Okay. Yeah, that's good. That's a good place to start. Get the yeah. fuck out of here. So he also <laughs> cut a deal with ABC Network to make his own show, which tanked terribly within a few weeks of its premiere. I don't even know about it, so it must have been horrible. It is one of the worst TV shows the ever to exist. Fly. No, it was a variety show that was oh, um, basically uh. bullshit. He would do sketch comedy, but Frank behaved like a child and pissed off all the guests and crew. He hated rehearsing and being on set, so what he would do is he would have a stand-in, rehearse with everyone else... And then he would just go for the taping. And he tried to film 11 episodes of it in 15 days. <laughs> that's obscene. He half-assed it. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's funny, because if you if you go back to the... I know it was a long time ago, but the Marlon Brando one, where he was in a movie with Marlon Brando. Oh, yeah, the two of them fucking hated each other. Yeah, they were and, guys and, and dolls together. And Marlon yeah. specifically tried to fuck with, with uh, 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 well, Sinatra. Sinatra. 
because yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember who we were talking about. Uh, we tried to fuck with Sinatra be, and it, just by because he was like into doing the best takes, so he'd do like over and over and over again. He was specifically fucking up his takes just to piss fr- uh, Sinatra off. Yeah, until Sinatra Frank- like fucking like tried to stab him with a fork or some shit. The, those two guys hated each other, and they were they had opposite workflows. Like yeah. Brando was at least uh, took his performing seriously. Yeah. Um, yeah, while he could before he became senile. And, and uh, Sinatra, Sinatra was just like, let's just do it quick and give me money. I don't know why I sound like Bill Cosby when I did that. <laughs> it <right>. worked. <laughs> I mean, he's got other things to do. He's going to go fuck some whores. It, yeah. Exactly, Mike. Priorities. <laughs> wow, Mike. Good input. So his stupid variety show, it was stale. And since uh, it was made by his own film company, it was crafted very poorly because he started getting his own crew together. Uh, It didn't really last that long. Frank then made excuses about how he was so busy making movies, he couldn't commit to the show. He really does sound like one of those professional Instagrammers. They're like, oh, I have my own crew now. I have my own crew. Here is is the Coke that I'm drinking. I wear this dress. Shoot me. Um, Yeah. Uh, So it's not really a theory. Um, Basically, his deal with ABC, he made them pay for it up front. So as long as he put out the episodes that they contracted, he was good to go. So he made a couple million dollars and then just put just took diarrhea shits <laughs> and put them on on film and called it a show. I did it. Yeah. I kind of want to see that. I might look it up on YouTube later. Uh, yeah, it's horrible. I mean, yeah. uh, Frank starts turning into an old man, uh, <laughs> especially with the arrival of Elvis Presley, who had taken what Frank had d- done to the next level. He was growing jealous. He wrote an article in a magazine denouncing rock and roll and anyone who made it or liked it. Uh, this perfect. was al- also around the time that Frank had his midlife crisis and started the Clan or the Summit, better known as the Rat Pack. Hey! I can see why they changed their name from the Clan. Well, <laughs> that's the thing. Nobody in the Rat Pack called it the Rat Pack. They hated right. that fucking name. You were saying on the last episode. Oh, I did mention that. Yeah. yeah. Nobody... This is what the press called them. And, like, no one really knows what the fuck they were. Um, basically, a collective. It, it was made up of Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Peter Lawford, Joey Bishop. And they would meet up at Humphrey Bogart's house, call women broads, and constantly ask each other how their penises were doing with the phrase, How's your bird? <laughs> like, why? What? <laughs> There's really I, not much to what the Rack Pack was. It was just, just guys hanging out and smoking cigars and showing each other their penises. Like, literally. <laughs> Mike, I how's did, your penis? I did not know that that was uh, part it's, of the it's doing fine. How's yours? My penis is hanging great. Travis, yours? Dude, mine's uh, weird. Yeah, uh, that's uh, the Rat Pack. Like, yeah, they they did shows together and they booked them uh, with a couple movies and stuff. The whole original Ocean's Eleven, but it really was nothing more than a bunch of pre-established artists who they loved making up terms. Wait, was Humphrey They're, Bogart in? He was in the Rat Pack. They would meet at his house where he was probably dying at this point. Yeah, of he's lung like, cancer. oh my god, my lungs suck. Get out of my house, you stupid Italians. <laughs> Stop talking about your penises already. <laughs> I like tried to go to the bathroom. At him. I can't breathe going to the bathroom. And there's all these guys in my bathroom talking about their dogs. Get the <laughs> fuck out of my house. <laughs> I gotta change my keys. The doctor says I need a warm shower. Would you please stop looking at your penises in my bathroom? <laughs> 
Leave the brandy. The group got along famously well for a while, but relationships fell apart with Frank all the time. Yeah, that was kind of his back. Yeah. Uh, one of his best friends, Sammy Davis Jr., mentioned in an interview that even though he loved Frank dearly, <laughs> Frank did have a shitty attitude that was inexcusable at times. Mm. Frank read that and publicly lashed out, calling Sammy a dirty nigger bastard to the press. Whoa, spicy take. Sammy then tried to apologize to Frank, but Frank wouldn't have it. He told any doorman that he was playing if Sammy showed up to not let him in or to signal that he was there and he would leave. Oh, what a bitch. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sammy knew that he could be seriously fucked up at any time if he made Frank mad again. He had seen Frank throw a broad through a plate glass window right before this whole incident. The girl's oh, wow. arm was nearly severed from her body. Oh, God. Self-defenestration. Frank That's not had her self-defenestration, uh, Frank. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. Well, I tried to make a joke with self-defense and defenestration. Thanks, Travis, for no. shitting on my chest again. Dude, you can't throw anyone, mind you, women through windows. Not cool. That was actually not made public until this book that I use as a until reference. Until right now. Right now. Well, this is the first Fuck. time that it matters to you, the listener. Uh, yeah, but he had the girl driven to the hospital and just paid her a shit ton of hush money to make it go away. Oh uh, Sammy groveled on his knees for forgiveness publicly for the next couple months. Every time press asked him something, I'm just, I miss my buddy Frank. I, I you know, I love him so much. Oh, just please. Back to me. Yeah. Please. So eventually Frank let Sammy apologize. The two were friends again. Uh-huh. It just worked out that way. I think he was too high pro profile to fuck with him. Also, Frank did help Sammy's career for a while. That sounds a lot like the time I exposed myself in, in Taco Bell. I apologized a lot. I was like, hey, guess what? I just thought it would be nice to like whip my dick out of that quesadilla. Can't do that. Travis. Wrap it around. You got, you got kids around. Yeah, well, I yeah, apologize. They kids meals. We Anywhere that up. they have a kid's meal. You got kids filling up soda and you're naked in a Taco Bell. I'm not naked. I'm just putting or my dick. you're exposing dick. yourself. Uh, my dick is going out and the quesadilla is going around it in the warm shell. I was cold. I was really cold. <laughs> okay. Hey, it's, it's hey Laurentino, then. can you put some hot sauce on this? <laughs> Taco Bell has the best quesadillas, may I say. They're just wet socks. And a, a distinct <laughs> sauce, though, in the quesadilla. You're like, oh, this is definitely a Taco Bell well, quesadilla. Okay, you like the sauce, yeah. not the quesadilla, then, at that point. Mike, you're not going to win this one uh, if we were to go into it. I mean, I'd eat a quesadilla, <laughs> but they're not the best. Like, Dude, they are the best. Shut up, Cody. <laughs> we're going to start a... We're going to start a feud right now, because like, I'm on Mike's side. That sauce and that wet sock is great. I got a good Taco Bell, but I mean, they make a... It's, it comes out piping hot. Yeah. yeah that's the bottom <laughs> of the check. Oh, yeah, that's sauce. Oh. Ooh. Sammy groveled on his knees for forgiveness in public for the next couple months. Frank eventually did let Sammy apologize to him uh, openly. Nice. He did want to save face. People were scared of Frank. They really were. Because he had that shitty temper that a lot of people knew about, and he had ties to La Cosa Nostra, the fucking mafia, guys. Yeah. Oh, hey. He was actually close friends with Sam Giancana, the godfather of the entire Italian organized crime ring in Chicago. Yikes. Fuck. Giancana wow. was Al Capone's predecessor and was directly responsible for at least 200 hits by 1960, not including the thousands of dead by his uh, capos and the under bosses. Wow. Yeah. 
So they weren't really afraid of Frank's bitch ass. They were just afraid of Frank's friends. Yeah, Thank you, friends. We're yeah, we'll, back up. We're gonna get into it. We, well, we're already in it, but it gets more, and you'll see why it gets justified. Should we be scared? You should be scared right now. The mobs are coming after us. Yes. Well, you're a little bit you, because I registered the ro- uh, roast mortem uh, PO box to your bedroom. We're gonna end up at Gogo <laughs> Beach in the sand. Yeah. yeah, and we bounce your IP address for this, by the way. <laughs> well. Pack my bags, guys. It was nice knowing you. Yeah. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> You're a Here, fall guy for this. Here's your burner phone. Uh, in fact, going hiding. regarding the uh, author of this book, what I said before about Kit Kelly writing this book um, and how Frank went all public about it, Frank was very open to the press when this book uh-huh. came out about how he hoped nothing bad happened to her <laughs> because he had so many ties, it would definitely make him the prime suspect for a hit order. Shame. <laughs> so he was fu- he was just like, fuck this bitch, but I hope she's good. <laughs> wink, wink, Tony the- Fatso Capriani. No, that no, that was not like a, a a call for help. That was he was he was in such shit, and the FBI had. I mean, he he had his own file with the FBI. Like they kept, I'm sure they kept really close track of him. So he, the last thing he wanted was her to die in a car accident or something like that. Because he oh, would be right. fucked, man. He would be yeah. brought to trial for the rest of his life. He was already old at this point. Um, so we're hmm. we're going back a bit, back to where we were. So he personally didn't do anything though. He was he was the singing monkey. They would do favors if they wanted, but he wasn't like like you just said. He, Cody, you pointed out, don't be afraid of Frank. Be afraid of Frank's friends. Um. That was Travis. Frank and Dean. I'm smart. Mike. I know things. Him and Dean Martin would cancel entire events that they had planned months before to go perform for Giancana free of really? charge. Wow. Favors run deep. They kept each other happy. Dude, sometimes my shit runs deep. And let me tell you, when it goes past the bottom crack, it starts to go down my leg. I'm like, you, it, was that the Italian sub I ate yesterday? <laughs> Is there a toilet involved, or are you just walking home? No, I'm just walking home, dude. I'm oh, proudly, proudly. Sidewalk, too? So yeah. they, you know, they always talk about painting the town red. I'm all about painting the town brown. Mm. It rhymes better. Hip, daddy-o. So Frank and uh, Giancana, Sam Giancana, they traveled together. And Dolly would even make Sam some fucking spaghetti every time oh. they showed up. Whoa! There's a lot of spaghetti in the story that I'm kind of overgoing. I, it's understandable. For the sake of time, but Frank loved spaghetti. <laughs> loved spaghetti. <laughs> he was a pasta man. Like, everyday pasta. Had to. So good. He didn't feel Italian. Was he an al dente? Yes, he was, actually. And he would fire Ooh. cooks that uh, he would fire cooks that didn't know how to cook al dente right. Lots of carbs. Dude, al dente is gross. You gotta overcook your pasta. Uh, I want it to be like... It just becomes oatmeal. Then. That's what I wanted. Besides Frank Sinatra, you're the only other human baby I know. <laughs> I like my... Dude, I don't want to chew... Who wants to choose pasta? You just want to put it in your gullet and it slips down. <laughs> it's, it's called al dente because you have to chew it. Like, I don't want to dente it, dude. Travis, awesome, like, man. I've known Travis for a long time. Only guy I know who puts half and half in his mashed potatoes. Dude, oh, no, I full cream, dude. Not even uh, half and half, man. You, is, you don't heavy right cream it? Heavy cream, man. Oh. Put cream in your mashed potatoes? Yeah, it gets an extra, like, cream, bully. Then you put cheese on top. Cream? Uh, I'm cream. Travis hates chewing. I hate the chewing. Dude, I hate chewing, Fucking man. shit a Nerf football every night. Like potato soup, then. And that's, it whistles as it drops into the toilet. That's why I... 
I can't read on the toilet because, like Tom said, it's an Olympic sport. Yeah, it's hard. You, you well, yeah. squat now. You're gifted in a lot of ways. Thanks. And, I think uh, I'm like really an X Men. I look at myself like an X Men every day. I wake up, I look myself in the mirror, I say, "You're an X Men." I love and the I theme. I love the theme to X Men. Yeah, that's what's playing in my head. I'm looking at myself and I'm like, Wolverine has nothing on you, dude. I love when Wolverine was played by David Duchovny. In the X Men, yeah, is it the one when from Trent- like 1999? Yes, it's a good one. All right, when well, Trent- when, uh, what's uh, what's this pussy ass X? What is? Okay. I mean, Frank Sinatra has no X Men ability. He's so, just a weenie. His friends got sick of him a lot. Uh, so even Giancana got sick of Frank and started avoiding him. He was also under the impression that the only reason Lucky Luciano got locked up was because Frank was a loudmouth that bragged about his mob friends. God damn it, <laughs> Frank. On one occasion, Sam was at a hotel that Frank was at, coincidentally. Frank found out and kept calling Sam's room to hang out. He eventually agreed, reluctantly. Don't let me hang out. Dude, let me hang out. Dude, let me hang out. Come on, man. Let's hang out. And when they met up at the lounge, Frank started getting on Sam Giancana's case about not wearing a friendship ring that he had bought him. (gasps) How dare you? Yeah. (laughs) What the fuck? Which he was wearing. Dude, he was wearing it at the time of the meeting. But didn't wear it all the time because he's a man. Oh, my God. <laughs> and Frank found out that he hadn't been wearing it 24-7. So Frank's going off making this scene in a hotel lounge about this shit. And one of Sam G and Connor's guys is like, what's going on here? You guys faggots? <laughs> so, so Sam, who's got a sense of humor, you know, when you kill 200 people, you have to have a sense of humor. Uh, he starts laughing hysterically. He's just like, ha, oh, good one. Joke at my expense. And Frank turned away heartbroken. He was like, I thought we were friends. <laughs> oh my goodness. Dude. By the way, I'm playing bingo for uh, Slurs Tom Drops this episode, and we have a hard N, a hard R, and now a hard F. This I'm, is going great. I am I know reporting. You're, 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 you're bouncing. Yeah, you're bouncing it off of, uh, you know, the, the anals of history, but it's like justifiably spicy. I like this. Dude, I'm not an edgelord. You know me, guys. Like, I have fun. I make a dark joke, but I'm no edgelord. I don't need to He's say a- those words to make you people laugh no, or, or no, no, tolerate no. me. Just, <laughs> just getting zesty up in this bitch is all I'm saying. I'm, yeah. also, I'm also, like, kind of pissed off at you guys right now. Because uh, where's your friend's rings? I'm wearing I bought you some <laughs> friend's rings, and I don't see any of you wearing that Funyun I bought seven years ago. The you ring you bought well, us was not for fingers, me. Travis. Yeah. Well, the ring what? is inside me, Travis. It's inside I of him. I brought you a Funyun, dude. It's inside me, so it's with me all the time. No, you shat that shit out, dude. You're supposed to wear it on your your finger. One of them. One of your digits. It could have been on your toe. Well, I know. Uh, look, I'm I'm wearing it's mine right ring. now. It's on my toe because I was just in uh, the Caribbean. <laughs> but I know uh, Cody was telling me he had to go to the hospital and get it cut off because he used it as a cock ring. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Couldn't get the blood back into the body, you know? And All also right. the third degree burns. Yeah, it was rough. <laughs> All right. But Frank had more powerful friends, like JFK. Oh! I know, wait, why is that so familiar? Well, oh, you mean uh, John F. Kennedy? Jan, yeah. Wow. John, oh, John that fucking guy. Kennedy? Tom, that's really mind-blowing. Oh! Oh! Oh, I just got that. <laughs> yeah! Oh, wow. <laughs> that's the joke! <laughs> Silver bullet. 
Oh. No. So yeah, um, no. JFK liked to hang out with him because like he was this celebrity, and he and and Frank, uh, Frank, like I said before, he was into hot goss. He was all mm-hmm. about just talking celebrity gossip. Oh yeah, fuck this broad, fuck that broad. That girl's husband's cheating on her. Blah blah blah. And JFK was like, that's hysterical. I could do this for a long time. Well, they were <laughs> they were also shout-out. Eskimo brothers with uh, Marilyn Monroe. Oh, yes, that. they were. They absolutely were. That's friendship. Uh, JFK and his entourage would hang out at Sinatra's place for days at a time. JFK found it very strange that Frank served spaghetti for every meal. <laughs> Wait, every <laughs> meal? Yes, every Dude, meal. Was spaghetti. Spaghetti. Well, there was something else, you know, it was like a meatball. Like, the morning, it was like spaghetti and waffles. And then at lunch, it was like spaghetti and peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. Wait, was he into the boyar though? Was he in the canned spaghetti? No, dude, that was treason to him. Uh, well, then he's an idiot, not really Italian. Chef Borodie, real Italian. Uh, well, we're putting in two whole <laughs> uh, episodes of our time into how much of an idiot he is. So, yeah, you're right. <laughs> All right, I agree. Everyone should go out and buy. If you haven't you can't had agree Jeff- with yourself, no, you keep you- <laughs> doing this thing where you agree with yourself. If you haven't, and had it's not Jeff- tricking anyone on this podcast. If you haven't had Chef Boyardee in a long time, I implore you to go to your supermarket and buy a little Chef Boyardee. I, I want to eat it at room temperature. Yeah, start Look at the that. party, Chef Boyardee. Look at that antique label. <laughs> yes. All right. You think that's so- still good? You think we cracked that it over right now? We can have a little bite. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not doing you it though. But I think you're, I, yeah. I, you're right. We could do it. Wait, hold uh, on, Tom. What? So we're we're like we're are we in, we're in the 60s now, right? We're the in 10s? the we're in the late 50s. Late 50s. about to be not 60s. Right. Are you going to address? Uh, maybe I'm jumping the gun here, but his really weird relationship with his daughter, Frank and Nancy. Yeah. It it wasn't that strange. It looked strange to me. No, it, it was it. I don't really talk. Really about, no, I mean I could tell you about it because I I didn't write it in my notes, but I could tell okay. you that like uh, basically Nancy Sinatra, his oldest daughter that he had with Nancy uh, Nancy Barbado, uh-huh. that was his favorite daughter by far. In fact, yeah, but- he actually he actually ignored. Uh, the other kids, Frank Jr. and Tina, for a long time. Obnoxiously so. Like, when they had Christmas and stuff, Nancy would get, like, ten grand of presents bought for her. And the other kids, uh-huh. maybe a couple hundred bucks. A very strange relationship. And then, uh, yeah. yeah, Nancy... Playing favorites. Nancy Sinatra's professional singing career is actually a really good one. Yeah. Um, mm. I, I like a bunch of those songs. Boots Are Made for Walking. Dude. That's her? I, yeah. yeah. Whoa. Didn't that, know. I love that song. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good one. Spunky. She, well, she, she just looked very friendly with her father in some some of the pictures. Well, I mean, like he's like any other good father, like Trump is. It's just love. you know with his daughter. <laughs> oh I yeah, gonna, yeah. I was going to say the it's, Trump thing. It's reassuring. It's, yeah, it's like it's like Tom Brady. We kiss on the lips. Yeah, that's not a daughter. Well, yeah, that's a. Well, you know what? I mean, uh, Tom Brady yeah. doesn't judge by sex. He just yeah. has sex with uh, videos. So As a great cringy. Christian does, uh, we are all God's image. All right, so. Let's get back into this. Uh, Sinatra actually did a lot to help JFK fund his campaign, which is a big part of, obviously, getting him to fucking office. But this ended up backfiring, as JFK made his brother, Robert Kennedy, his attorney general. Uh, And RFK was good at it. Uh, He made his top priority getting rid of organized crime. He made some of Sinatra's closest friends some of the most wanted people in America. Wow. I think we're going to be, in a future episode, we're going to be talking about one of those friends. Oh, good. 
Spoilers. So, um, so he persuaded his brother to cancel any of his upcoming stays at the Sinatra house and stop any form of communication with him. Wow. Obviously, this pisses Frank off because he had actually dropped a shit ton of money building extra cottages on his Malibu property um, because him and the president were super close. They're like, oh, dude, when you're president, just come over. (laughs) He put cottages up so he could bring the Secret Service with him. He ran 25 phone lines, which is a big deal back then. He bought his own switchboard for the house, and he even made a helipad on his property just so JFK could visit. This is prepper shit. That's friendship like right there. Yeah, and then and then his fucking friend's brother's just like, oh, this is not going to look good for the news. you got to stop going there. And JFK calls up Sinatra. I'm sorry, Frank Sinatra. <laughs> I can't be friends with you no more. Bummer. <laughs> Marilyn's coming over. You want to bang that whore together. Eiffel Tower. Yeah, so imagine <laughs> dropping millions of dollars into your property, and then your friend is like, I don't even like that fucking chicken. Um <laughs> <laughs> and to add insult to injury, JFK stayed at Bing Crosby's house around the corner for his vacation. Oh, traitor. Ha <laughs> ha, you fucking idiot. So Frank cut off the president entirely. He called oh, up JF- no. uh, RFK, cursed him out, and then went outside, took a sledgehammer to his brand new helipad. What? He broke That's his psychotic. own helipad. He's got that Jersey rage. Yeah, he just went out. Wow. He, he calls up uh, uh, the attorney general, RFK, goes, Fuck you, because brother's not here. <laughs> Hangs up the phone, goes outside, beats the shit out of some concrete while a bunch of Mexicans are taking care of the lawn, going, We should probably never come back here. <laughs> In a wife theater. Yeah. Oh, yep. scary stuff. Yo, you fuck, you fuck with me? You fuck with my helipad. <laughs> I'm going to break it. <laughs> So just leave it alone, Frank. You already bought Dude, it. You it's bought yours. that. You yeah. could park another helicopter. Yeah. You have a helicopter. You can put yeah, it he, he, And he, once he was done with the helipad, he just keyed his own fucking cars and, you know, shit in his own foyer. I was going to let you drive this one. This was your fucking bathroom, and I just shit in the cistern. No one do that ever, please. So Frank uh, eventually gets over it a bit, and him and Dean Martin purchase the Cal Nava Lodge and Casino. It's huh. a resort property that was split between both Nevada and California state lines, so it had gambling on one side and the relaxed <laughs> drinking regulations on the other. What the fuck? That's cool. Yeah, it's very I like, cool. I like. Wait, uh, what do so- you mean relaxed drinking, though? I mean, well, so the drinking laws in California are different than Nevada okay. in the 1960s. Like When we're dealing with state lines here, like in New York, I know a lot of people in the country, you have 2, 2 a.m. last call. In New yeah. York, we have 4 o'clock last call. Yeah. At this time, Nevada was probably 11 o'clock last call. Oh, wow. And California was later. You, you understand? Like, there was just a, a, a different... Yeah, party like 12-year-olds yeah. were legal in California. Nevada, yeah. responsible age. Do you guys remember the Chuck Berry episode where, where he fucked up the, um, the Man Act by bringing a 14-year-old hat girl across oh, state yeah. lines? You yeah, could Charlie techni- Chaplin, too. Yeah, you could technically do that in this resort. Oh, Oh, I just yeah. farted. I think I might have sharted a little bit because of that you statement. Sh- you, you shitted? I think I sharted before. <laughs> yeah, you shitted. Shitted. Like I said, he built a celebrity room theater and installed another helipad, which he didn't break. Uh, he reutilized the Prohibition-era smuggling tunnels that were beneath it uh, to allow mob members to move around the property without being seen by the public or the FBI. Oh, cool. This Dude, is Anthony. Crazy. He goes underground. 
This is this is Tony. He goes underground. He stays underground. He's a fucking mole. <laughs> this get him. This is my brother. We call him Matachas. <laughs> he's in the dirt right now, but he's coming back up the gamble. He's got air. Don't worry. <laughs> he's using the bathroom. So the FBI had been keeping an ongoing eye on this place for a while because it was just a hotbed of shitty activity. It, as it turns out, there was actually a giant prostitution ring that was being run out of the resort. Like, why not? Who cares? Um, gotcha. His buddy, Sam Giancana, was legally not allowed anywhere near Nevada because of some shit he had uh, dealt with with the casinos over in Vegas and that commission. He fucked something up. Something criminal proof he fucked up. <laughs> That's uh, hard to do, man. Wow. But Frank made accommodations for him and would let him do things like place bets on the California side. Uh. Uh, it was a place full of adult babies. <laughs> gotcha. Now, there was a couple attempted murders, drug busts, and even Marilyn Monroe tried to kill herself there once. Yeah! But they why, to... why celebrate that? Travis? I don't know. I yeah, pee. You have the worst celebratory yes. <laughs> I have to pee, so though. I'm like, hey, Marilyn Monroe might be dead. I gotta pee, though. Yeah, but look, she, don't worry, guys. Uh, after she tried to kill herself, they got her to the hospital, pumped her stomach. She was good. A few days later, she was in L.A., and then the CIA helped her kill herself that time. Oh, so. That was all my piss. That was nice of them. Yeah, that was all the piss building up inside of me. I went to the wee-wee porn with Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, that was your urethra screaming after. <laughs> and now I will tell you the story of Tony, the cocktail waitress. Mm. A cocktail waitress named Tony and one of Frank's <laughs> previous girlfriends, they ended up severing their very short-lived three-day relationship. And uh, and this was this was happening while they were getting the resort ready to go. A few months later, she was married to a local sheriff named Dick Anderson. <laughs> one one night, while Dick was waiting for Tony to get out of work, he was hanging out in the resort kitchen, talking to one of the chefs that he was friends with. Frank happened to come into the kitchen, damn well knowing that he was married to one of his exes, and started berating the shit out of him and telling him to get out. It turned Jeez. it turned into a fist fight, and Dick slugged Frank so bad he couldn't perform for a week. I was always I angry. I've got a yeah. kick in the head. My jaw's broken. <laughs> I like how both people in this fist fight have slang for penis as their nicknames. Ooh. Dick was a little worried at first that there would be some kind of recourse, but a few weeks passed and nothing happened. So then Dick and Tony were driving out to some property that they had just bought, and they were renovating. They were on wow. their way out there, and all of a sudden, a car comes and runs them off the road into a tree, killing Dick on impact and launching Tony out of the car, leaving a bunch of broken bones in her body. Oh! Holy fuck. What was that about? So, this case was never actually solved. It was tossed up as an accident, but Oops. a lot of the, um... Yeah, a lot of the local police and non-friends of Sinatra knew it was one of his guys that forced him off the road into a tree. Oh yeah, we showed up to the crime scene. It just smelled like pepperonis. I don't think anyone was on a pepperoni hike either. It's fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was weird. No kids out there. No Reese's Pieces to be found. Is pepperoni still warm? Um... <laughs> So later on, Sinatra actually lost that casino due to some uh, the Nevada gambling board getting on his case about all this shit. Uh, so he lost his stake in that. Uh, Dean Martin was still an owner. In 1963, Frank's much-ignored son, Frank Jr., was kidnapped. <laughs> 
Uh, Frank used his previous relationship with the Kennedys to demand RFK to do everything he could to find his son. This is like, what a fucking asshole. Like, that's the fucking attorney general of the country. Yo, yeah. Bobby. Leave him alone. Yo, Bobby, fix this for me, dog. Right now. Do it. Do it. Uh, so the kidnappers wanted ransom for the return of Frank Jr. When the ransom calls came in, Frank was a sweaty Italian mess and told them immediately upon picking up the phone uh, that he'd give them a million dollars. For some reason, the kidnappers had they were they demanded only two hundred and forty k. I don't know what the fuck they were thinking uh, because of <laughs> negotiating. Wait, yeah, my right, negotiating? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Well, solutions. What? This is my solution. Only. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You could give me like a few dollars, or like uh, you know, maybe you give me like turkey, roast beef, mayonnaise on a brioche. <laughs> oh, brioche is out of the question, sir. We do not negotiate with kidnappers. No, you're doing right? it wrong. You're supposed to offer me like $2 million worth of uh, Jimmy John's coupons. <laughs> Barabons so. or Jimmy John's? So either way, um, the 240, Frank was like, yeah, fine, let's do it. So he made the drop off and the junior was released. The kidnappers were caught the next day with most Oof. of the money found. Oh, dang. At the kidnappers' trial, the defendants claimed that junior was in on the kidnapping business, and it was all a publicity stunt to launch his own terrible singing career. Mm. The jury didn't buy it, and the kidnappers got jail for life. Whoa, but, that's heavy-handed. Even though the jury didn't buy it, the press did. Ooh. Because Frank Jr., his career was fucking terrible. <laughs> he was doing his dad's songs. He was a lousy copycat lounge artist. Yeah. And, uh... You can actually find videos of him singing. He only died in like 2016. Yeah, uh, there are probably sad people. Yeah, it's so sad, dude, because he sounds kind of like Sinatra, but with no charisma at all. He's like, why did my dad love me? They find <laughs> I'm a number one. It was a lot of spoken of word, shit, right? And like, he's got the whole orchestra behind him and everything. It's like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, Wait, he so took the opposite route of Nancy. Nancy became her own artist. Frank became Frank oh, Jr. Okay. in the public eye. So Frank is basically Dweezil Zappa. He's trying to impress no. his dad. All right, don't talk shit about Dweezil Zappa. Well, I'm just he saying he does Frank's shit. He does, but he also has his own catalog. All right. I was just trying to be Music Boy, but uh, I got usurped by Music Boy. Yeah, you can't fuck with this. Look <laughs> in my eyes. Got it. So anyway, um, he sat, like I said, he sounded like a tired version of Frank Sinatra, and he even referred him to himself on Billings as Old Brown Eyes. <laughs> you don't know. That. Ooh, I'll give you an old brown eye, boy. Oh. So throughout the next few years, Frank began to buy friendships again, as he did as a child. He would spend insane amounts of cash while traveling on jewelry, watches, clothes, artwork, cars, uh, and just give it. To his ever-changing entourage of dickheads. Everywhere he went, he had four dickheads and hats that would do his bidding. It's pretty sad. He's going to pay people to hang out with him. Some people don't have charm like you, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> also, I mean, nowadays, if you wear a fedora, it means a whole lot different than back then. I wear a fedora yes. all the time. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I always <laughs> tip it to my lady. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you and Stevie go out and you just put that fedora on? You take that Mom, that trendy hat off and you just put that fedora on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little feather sticking out Perfect. the side. Oh. <laughs> you, you pull out the chair when you guys are getting Taco Bell quesadillas. <laughs> and then, <laughs> Dude, not... Those chairs 
are bolted down. And then you complain to her about how the patriarchy has fallen. <laughs> Dude, it's not quesadillas. But this quesadilla is really good. <laughs> no, it's not quesadillas. I, 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 honestly, man, I know that you were kind of like shooting a little higher before. You're talking about quesadillas. You're buying cheesy roll-ups for your girl. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Taco Bell's like pretty fancy. Those are 99 cents. Come on. <laughs> so because Frank was buying his friends and his thug buddies, um, like I said, they would do whatever he wanted. They would go into nightclubs and... They would check out the jukeboxes, and if the jukeboxes didn't have Sinatra music on it, they would just break the shit out of the jukebox and then leave the nightclub. Oh, come well, on. I just tell them, ask yeah. them to put it in or something like that. Yeah, just ask them, you know. Yeah, hey, you guys want to hear some sensible Frank Sinatra? Asshole. Can we get it inside your jukebox? You know, you don't got to break their shit. This is a man who threw a woman through a, a oh, window. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> nearly <laughs> killing her. It almost <laughs> cut off her arm. I guess and you say, hey, his, don't uh, break that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so all, breaking everyone's shit. So yeah. also, this is in the sixties now, right? So like, he's basically mm. the equivalent of Scott Sapp. Like, he's falling out of favor, right? Like now, uh, now uh, Beach Boys are around. They're like, baby, don't I, oh, baby, ooh. Yeah. yeah, rock and roll. Good uh, job. Bullshit. So at the age of fifty, he meets the nineteen-year-old Mia Farrow, who came from. A long lineage of Hollywood elites. Uh-huh. Her, her career had started off strong, and she wanted to be around the most glamorous celebrities she could be. They met on a movie set. Frank wanted to protect and provide for her. He saw something Ooh. innocent about her, and he knew that he wanted to marry this little person, uh, who, <laughs> child. She, yeah. Mia Farrow at the at the age of nineteen, she looked like Mike with uh, with tits. I'd do right. it. And, and you're I a very, do, yeah, very attractive that's, that's man. fine with me. <laughs> yeah. Stubble nice and all. Stubble and all, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, June 8th, 1966. <laughs> Mikey can't Dude, do Dude, don't that. do that on the show, Mike. You're just pressing your tits together. I want to titty fuck you. Uh, you, don't, you don't have to describe this, Travis. I'm going to put this on YouTube. <laughs> Thank God we don't have a Tumblr. <laughs> uh, oh, Dude, yeah. you can't even do that Roman. on Tumblr anymore. No. That's what I mean. I said, Thank God yeah, we don't man. have it. No. Yeah, you have to hold it inside your body until you find it. Go back to Sears catalogs like your grandfather, Travis. (laughs) (laughs) June 8th, 1966. Frank went to the Polo Lounge in Beverly Hills to celebrate Dean Martin's 49th birthday. Frank Wiseman, who was the president of Hunt's Food, was also at this club. And he was sitting at a table nearby Frank, Dean, and this extremely loud party of greasy people. Um... (laughs) Fred was sitting with his friend, getting some drinks, and Frank's table was being a bit too loud. So Fred went over the table like a gentleman, because it's a quiet lounge, and was like, hey, can you guys keep it down? This is the uh, wrong place, wrong time. Uh-huh. So Frank looked at him all, uh, you know, stupid-eyed and goes, you're, out of, <laughs> you're all out of line, buddy. Oh, okay. And Fred's just like, hey, just keep it down. So Fred goes back to his table, but Frank... Kind of kept harassing him. Uh, he started calling him Kike and Shylock. There you um, go. Get in yeah. there. And Fred stood up and was about to put Frank in his place because he was kind of a big dude. And Frank all of a sudden just like turns around and started leaving. Now the lounge was quiet for a while. There was about 15 minutes of no Frank. All the friends had gone. Everyone was done. Nice. So Fred's sitting there with his buddy. They're just, you know, talking about it. I think, I think uh, they were both, um, their kids were getting married or something. And they were just, like, talking over business stuff. These are billionaires at the table. Um, oh. Out of nowhere, a pissed-off Frank Sinatra comes back with a telephone in his hand and cracks Fred's head open. What? Well, okay. Oh, my God. 
He was brought to the hospital and was unconscious for the next 24 hours. Oh, I heard so bad. Oh, shit. He was then transported to intensive care and not expected to live. <laughs> Holy, Holy fuck. fuck. Fred underwent cranial surgery to correct the effects of the skull fracture that Frank had given him. I want to do shit. shit. Tom, eventually rega- What's up? I was say, Tom, you also really drew me in during that whole description. I felt like I was on a true crime podcast. Maybe we'll explode. Maybe. Implode. I hope yeah. so. I hope he implode wow. and shoot juice everywhere. Who yeah. else uh, smashed phones on uh, Jimmy? Jimmy Hendrix smashed a phone on a broad, right? Yeah, he beat his fucking girlfriend at the time. And also also Russell Crowe, but we Good can't weapon. roast him. <laughs> yeah, he's alive. <laughs> I don't know about his career. Well, you know what? He's going to come back fat and humble. Yeah. I love Gladiator. <laughs> so so uh, eventually, Fred did regain his consciousness. Uh but Frank actually was technically a wanted man at this point because Fred called the police. Uh, he, So Frank, to beat this whole mess, he called the police and made up a story about how Weissman hit him first. Fuck. There's a lot of witnesses saying this didn't happen. After a month or so of recovery and uh, amnesia, Fred oh. had regained enough of his memory to tell his entire side of the story. The family wanted to press charges, but kept receiving anonymous phone calls threatening to harm their children if they followed through with the lawsuit. Who could that be? Jeez. Eventually, Weissman dropped the case, and nothing happened. That is some good Italian reasoning right there. I was just thinking that. Yeah, that's some, yeah. That's some uh, you know, they have a thousand islands dressing, right? That's when you, you have family over. You get an Italian <laughs> dressing, that's when you really have business to do. Doesn't fill you up as much. The provolone persuasion. <laughs> the ranch dressing, that's great for every occasion. You put it on your genitalia, yeah. you put it on your hair, Whoa. you put it anywhere you want. Really. Is that why you smell the way you do? Dude, I don't smell anyway, man. I mean, uh, when I'm in my car, like, ooh, oil's low. Ranch you dressing. You fucking smell. <laughs> Dude, don't start with me, man. I smell, I get cologne, ranch cologne. Cody, twenty bucks that I start getting anonymous phone calls from a uh, a, yeah. a not Travis Lee saying Travis doesn't smell at all. Yeah, except the caller <laughs> ID saying that on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, the caller ID will be like baloney boy. <laughs> so after Got the it. case was dropped, Frank uh, proposed to Mia Farrow. He lost a couple friends over this marriage because the honest ones were like, "Hey, uh, she is nineteen, you are fifty. Come on, Frank. Oh, uh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Dolly, who was still alive at this point, was not too impressed with Mia. Frank <laughs> spent the next couple of years in a shitty relationship and losing his mind about Ronald Reagan becoming governor of California. Oh! Fuck. He lost his fucking mind. So the Vietnam War also took a toll on Frank and Mia's relationship. You see, Frank... He was crustier. He became a little more pro-war. Uh, she liked to smoke weed. So, obviously, this is not going to work, bro. No, never. It's Beauty and the Beast, except not. It's Beauty and the Dank. And Beauty is the blue-eyed boy that's like, Oh, gender bending. That's that's what brings not to impress Thanks thanks for that. (laughs) That was an awful impression. We'll see if we can get another one out of you later and redeem that. Um, In 1967, Frank called his wife and demanded she walk off the set and stop working on Rosemary's Baby to join him to work on the film he was doing, The Detective. Now, if anyone knows anything about film history, 
Um, Rosemary's Baby is one of the best horror films of all time. Absolutely. And the Detective is a film that no one's seen. The what? <laughs> so, yeah. Honestly, Rosemary Baby is, is good. Oh, it's great, dude. Mia yeah. Farrow's all got baby hair. And, like, she's, there's a fucking rough scene in there, man. It's, yeah. Whew, yeah. Check it out. Great movie. Really good one. Oh, made by a pedophile, but, you know, that's oh, a different right. podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Roman Polanski. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a different podcast. We'll get to him. He's not dead, but we'll get to him. Uh, <laughs> she refused and then Yikes. later went to a discotheque and danced with who else but Bobby Kennedy. Oh, Bobby. Oh. oh, Bobby boy. You're going to have your shit shot out soon, but we going to dance right now. You're the attorney general. Going to sound a little attorney general. Shit, yeah. yeah, that's a good song. Um, <laughs> when, when Frank heard about the dancing, which was put in the press because paparazzis are everywhere, this is, you know, this is serious news. Yeah. Um, he found out about it and he just called his lawyer and had him file some divorce papers. Oh, in Nevada? Easy. Uh, no, well, yeah, he did have residency in Nevada now, so oh. it was easy. So you can just uh, blast well, Sinatra is- any chick and be like, I'm done. I'm out of here. Yeah. Want a divorce. So, uh, yeah, like the true cowardice, Sinatra sent one of his goons to deliver uh, the divorce papers to Mia <laughs> while she was on set for Rosemary's Baby. Oh, good. I thought you were going to say, like, he had, like, brass knuckles milled opposite of the divorce paper, so, like, when he punched her, it would just bruise that way. <laughs> you think he was behind him getting shot? What's that? You think he was behind him getting shot? Bobby? What do you Bobby mean? Kennedy? Didn't he get shot? Yeah, yeah he Bobby got shot. Got shot. Then Frank Sinatra was behind it. No, he wasn't in that. No, no, no. He was. He was just removed from it. No, but um, dude, man, if you look back, all right. So Frank Sinatra, Frank Sinatra, <sighs> he was in the Illuminati. He was a Mason. He was in the Italian Masons. Christopher Columbus Day. Um, and then Bobby Kennedy was like, "Hey, I don't like Christopher Columbus Day because I like Labor Day more." <laughs> dun dun dun. Is he done? It's true, like a real Democrat. <laughs> All right. So on a side note, which I find fucking hilarious, Mia Farrow later married Woody Allen, one of my favorite pedophiles. Um, besides, <laughs> and cousin touchers. Besides that whole like uh, Woody Allen marrying his adopted stepdaughter uh, with a nice whoopsie, you know. Oops. Uh, they, the two had a children to, had children together. <laughs> one of them was named Satchel Ronan O'Sullivan Farrow, who's about our age and is a lawyer. Hey. Oh. That dude, look up a picture of him. Look up Ronan O'Sullivan Farrow. I'm going to do it right now. It's Frank Sinatra's kid. There's no way that this is Woody Allen's kid. Ronan. Dude, that's Frankie Boy. Oh, ain't yeah, that a kick like in my dick? That's not yeah. Woody Allen's kid. And this is long after they were divorced. He's only 31. I mean, Woody Allen looked like he crawled out of the, like, leftover meat in a deli slicer. (laughs) (laughs) And and this guy looks like um, he was spawned out of the mountains of the Swiss Alps, northern Italian Swiss Alps. Frank definitely snuck into Mia's front door while Woody was out playing clarinet on the street. Damn. All right. Well, during, well said, sir. During the filming of Lady in Cement, Frank acted out in violent fits. He had a problem with the script and addressed it by chopping down the door to the screenplay writer's room at the drunken hours of the morning. He, as usual, what? hired prostitutes for nightly entertainment. One of these prostitutes 
that he told to stay the next day for breakfast. Uh, was it breakfast or brunch? Was it breakfast or brunch? Uh, oh, it was breakfast. Let okay. me, Travis, you've never had a breakfast like this before. Let me tell you something. <laughs> he tells the uh, the lady of the evening to hang out. We'll have breakfast tomorrow. The sun rises. He makes a fa- phone call down to room service. Room service arrives. He places he places hot ham and eggs on the prostitute's tits while she's sleeping and then eats them with a knife and fork. That's awesome. Tom, I just came. You just made me, this is the first time I've actually come on the show. Like, I've actually, if you're watching the video right now, you can't see me anymore. It's all blurred. Look, I'm John Cena. You can't see me no more. This is an X-rated episode. Yeah, right? Well, look, I look, I, I I think that is also pretty hot. Were they green? Were they green eggs and ham? I don't know the color, <laughs> but uh, that's a consent thing because it's it, it's this isn't well, like she's sleeping. It's kind of fucked. Yeah, she's sleeping. It's not like throwing she's Cheerios at someone and eating it off of them. This is hot ham and eggs that retains heat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was burning she, on this woman's mm, breastuses, and he's eating it with a knife. Catch up on I the remember. side. That's her livelihood. She needs her tits to look proper. It could have been. Not it could have been lukewarm. Them. We don't know. We don't even make assumptions here. A consensual. Oh, yeah. It's Sinatra. You think he was having lukewarm ham? You fucker. Mm, that's true. <laughs> Travis. D- Travis Piping has hot. a history of being a bit of a ham apologist. <laughs> I'm just no, saying, if I was gonna do it, it would be. It would be like sexually warm, right? You know what I mean. <laughs> Not hot. No, dude. Frank Sinatra's all about, let's get it hot, dog. Let's get it boiling, right? Like, he probably had that skittle. Boiling ham, okay. He had that skittle going, and that ham is just boiling, and he's just like, bah, throw it on her tits. Talking about, like, sexually hot ham. Sexually hot ham. It sounds great, but, you know, you need someone to sign off on that. You really do. Well, yeah, that's true. Consent is Dude, I've had hot ham accidents, all right? I've had probably more hot ham accidents than most people, (laughs) because I'm a big fan of hot ham. Hot ham's great. Oh, it's good. Fucked. Anyway, let's get back to Sinatra. So at this time in his life, he's over 50, but he's trying to fuck. So he has a nurse come by every day and shoot him in the ass with a syringe of testosterone so he can fuck what? like a real man. Dude. Yeah. Now, in the 1970s, Frank had retired from singing, touring, and acting, but was still entertaining celebrities at his home. He ended up befriending Ronald Reagan, despite his previous contempt for the man. Uh-huh. He also became friends with Nixon's vice president, Spiro Agnew. Oh, hey. Spiro Agnew. He's got a Futurama character. <laughs> yeah, uh, so he's friends with all these high rollers. Now he's uh, all the Hollywood elites. Some of the other ones were Marx Brothers. He was friends with the Marx Brothers. And he was very close to the estranged, not funny one, Zeppo. <laughs> I don't like Zeppo. <laughs> yeah, Zeppo, Zeppo is fucking bullshit. I think the guy who stepped into his role for uh, Night at the Opera was much better. I don't know his name. I think his name was Ricardo in the movie. Yeah, fuck uh, like that. You don't know his name, but you hate Zeppo enough yeah. to remember <laughs> his. I'll take that guy. Yeah. I don't know his name. I want him. Fuck Zeppo. He's not even funny. <laughs> uh, he ruins the bits. All right, so Barbara Marks was Zeppo's wife, but not for long. Frank and her started seeing each other, and Zeppo left them both in the dust when he found out about it. Wait, but Zeppo, the Marx Brothers had to be older than Frank, right? They're like in their 80s or some shit, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, they were both alive. I think, when did fucking, uh, I think Groucho died in like 81 or 82. Uh, yeah, but and I mean, like, they were way popular even before Frank was born, right? Uh, they were. They had their heyday before Frank was big. Yeah. 
but they were still in Hollywood, you know. They uh, and um, Groucho was still doing that TV show. They were still relevant. Okay, all right. Um, Chico, Chico, and uh, Harpo were actually doing big band stuff. Oh, right. They were doing touring music because they're fantastic musicians. Harpy boy. Uh, <laughs> so, either way, uh, what? Frank ended up marrying Barbara Marx. She she kept that last name as well. It I'd, was Barbara Mark Sinatra. Yeah, I mean, who, who? I mean, yeah, you're related to the second worst Marx brother because there was another one, Gummo, that no one cared about. Um, but you don't know if it's just the last name. It's just a Marx name. Yeah, Take yeah. It. Run with it. So even though the marriage, my started favorite, off my in, favorite Marx, Carl. You're a fucking <laughs> asshole. <laughs> So even though the marriage started off in scandal and disapprovement, Barbara was actually really good for Frank and kind of started keeping him in line. That's good. Frank wanted to formally adopt Barbara's son um, because he cared about the kid, but Sinatra's shitty kids vehemently protested, not wanting to split their inheritance four ways. Yeah, ooh, mm. rough. Um, they, they actually bullied their dad mercilessly over the next couple of years and he gave in and wrote up contracts saying that he would not adopt this kid. <laughs> he began to participate in more charity acts. He would read the papers and find all kinds of weird injustices, uh, reports of accidents or disabled persons in need of help and personally send them checks or pay their rent and send gifts. He, be he became very conscious of how people saw him and he tried to make up for his shitty behavior in the past. Right. I mean, like, he was friends with Sammy Davis Jr., right, back in the Rat Pack. They were great friends. Yeah. And, and then I... Well, I mean, yeah. now now it's, like, what, the late 60s, so there's whole, like... Um, all this... We're in the 70s now. Oh, we're in the 70s. But there's, like, civil rights and shit went down. I'm assuming Frank was probably cool with that shit. Now, something very strange about this. Okay. In the last episode, I talked about how Frank was really good for racial tolerance and stuff. And uh, George Evans made him do those talks about love your neighbor, shit like that. Uh -huh. um, when Frank was younger, he wasn't racist. <laughs> but as he got older, he got shittier. <laughs> um, he, That's backwards. Yeah, he became like, I, I don't know, like he, he became like the stereotype white conservative, like out of nowhere. <sighs> uh, so Barbara did a good job of like being like, dude. Um, love you, honey, but stop being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my mom says that every Sunday at church. <laughs> He's trying to look good to the public eye. But the FBI was still on Frank's ass. He made many campaign contributions to Nixon's re-election Nixon's re bid. Uh-oh. <clears throat> In 1973, when Agnew was invested by the U.S. State's Attorney for the District of Maryland... On suspicion of criminal conspiracy, bribery, extortion, and tax fraud, Frank actually found and paid for some criminal lawyers to defend him. Mm. When Agnew was forced to resign, Frank gifted him $30,000 to pay off his legal th fees and loaned him two hundred k to get on his feet again. Oh, oh wow. yeah. I wish someone oh, would yeah. loan me two hundred k to get on my feet just, again. Just to, yeah, yeah, just, to, just to stand back up and get it going again. They just don't get you, Spiro. <laughs> Spiro, they don't get you. What's what's Watergate? Is that when you go in under the water and there's Atlantis and you enter the city through the gates? 
He just swim over the top of the gate. <laughs> All right, so then Frank decides to return from his retirement, but it was not well received. Critics buried his TV special that was, um, he tried to do that again. Uh, oh, that didn't fuck. go well. So um, Frank got sensitive, and then he got violent. <laughs> <laughs> like my penis. Uh, an insurance salesman at, named uh, Frank Weinstock was out to dinner with the Sinatra party. And Frank saw him talking to Barbara, too close for his liking. Uh, so Frank some, sent some of his um, tall idiots into <laughs> the bathroom when Weinstock went in there to roughen him up a bit. Oh, man. Weinstock, he got the deal. So he um, gave him some lip back and then left the bathroom before uh, any real damage could be done. Shortly after, the same fucking idiots rushed Weinstock and beat the shit out of him in front of 50 people. Ah, oh, good. Weinstock called the police, then was brought to the police station, told by police that this shit happens on Sinatra's turf, and they'll look into it. <laughs> one, bullshit. one officer then wanted to go arrest Sinatra that night, and then the police chief told him to go home and forget it. Later, that officer was fired. <laughs> Holy fuck. Damn. Weinstock sued Sinatra for $2.3 million in federal court in L.A. It wasn't for his own damages, but it was for all the bullying that had been done. He wanted to teach him with his wallet. Well, you know? yeah, you got to do that. They were the yes. rich people. Yeah. So he contacted other people that were beat up by Frank. The court uh, the court case lasted for two weeks. Frank wasn't there, by the way. He just sent someone. And the jury voted in favor of Sinatra. Why? And his big, stupid goons. He didn't even show up. Yeah, it was low. Yeah, I know. And there were... And there was six other people in court going, hey, that guy also had me beat up. Was the jury Jeez. loaded? I bet it was. There's a yeah. gun on the judge's back. Dude, they were swooned. They got swooned. swooned. You can't, it was a swooned jury. <laughs> swooned jury. Just all Frank's friends in the jury. Well, Tom, I said you were the lawyer of the show. Well, the swooned, swooned jury. That's my new, that's my new catchphrase. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know how I'm going to use it, and it doesn't really work in a lot yeah, of places. Yeah, it's tricky. Yeah. Either way, the judge did make Sinatra pay $1,000 to Weinstock for personal damages, but that was the end of it. And then, tragedy strikes the Sinatra family. January 6, 1977, Dolly Sinatra and a friend, Miss Anthony Car Carboni, took a private flight provided by her very own son, Frank Sinatra, to go uh -huh. to Vegas for a show and hang out with the son. But Dolly and the rest didn't make it as far because the jet crashed into a mountain. And all oh. the people on board were killed. Oh, Wait, wow. so his mom had still survived this whole time and she crashed into a mountain like a spaghetti splat? Yeah, it was a very violent death. She was shredded. Damn. Oh, um, spaghettified. Like Parmesan. Hey, it's nice Ooh. and quick. Nice she friend. was the only person who could control Frank by any means. Ava kind of had a little bit of it, but like as soon as... Frank got some liquor in him. He was like, fuck you, cunt. Um, so Dolly, yeah, Dolly, I, I haven't mentioned her in a while, but she's been in this whole story. Mm. Frank contacted her every day and uh, whatever. Just now like an Italian boy would do to his mom. Yeah, exactly. I don't, now she's I don't even see she, him. She's an 80-year-old popsicle now. I don't even see him as an Italian boy. I just see him. this guy as a redneck, like straight up, you know? An Italian redneck? A Yeah. Yeah. He's like, a, he's like, a, if, today, if Frank Sinatra was alive today, he'd be wearing Ed Hardy, have a blowout. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> like a DJ or some shit. Yeah, of course. Frosted tips. In 1980, Sinatra tried to do TV one more time, but was canned. He did a couple yes. movie cameos, but he was done with acting. The thing is, he was actually offered a lot of really good roles, but he put them all down because he they were all old people roles. 
and he oh, was an old guy. And they were, and he was just like, no, I want to be the stud. And they were like, I'm Sinatra, you're falling apart. He's in denial. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Have you heard of yeah. a guy named Kiefer Sutherland? That is a Doesn't stud. Age. <laughs> I agree. Ageless I concur. Yeah. He wasn't gone, though. His voice was still in. So what he did was release an album called Trilogy, which has the song by Liza Minnelli, New York, New York, his own re- rendition of it. Wait, he there didn't write that? He didn't write that. That was Liza Minnelli, and someone else wrote that for her. Really? I didn't know that. I thought wow. he wrote it. Yeah, me too. Well, he's it. got the most famous rendition, but Liza Minnelli had made it popular being the first artist. Like, that was, uh, that was like, we talked about that with the Jimi Hendrix episode. Well, yeah. How a, a, lot of, a lot of people just covered stuff back then. It was it was normal. I mean, this is the 80s, but he's old school. Oh, yeah. Um, so this hit was fucking huge for Frank. Frank was getting washed up for the second time, and then he gets a third go. And that's in 1982. RCA, wow. RCA re- reissues all of his works with Tommy Dorsey. 1983, uh, he does Mobile Fidelity. Sound Labs releases a 16-CD collection of his time at Capitol Records, called The Capitol Years. And then they the, release another collection called The Best of Everything. Sinatra essentially invented the term box set. Really? Huh. And then, yeah. then the Sopranos reintroduced it with yes. with DVDs. Oh my God! What is with Italians and boxes? Yeah, they love box sets, right? They love boxes. Pasta comes in boxes. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> that was a good connection there. Um, he spent his sixties playing huge concerts to older crowds trying to relive their youths. So Frank gave a shit ton of his money away for two reasons: firstly, image; secondly, tax write-offs. Oh, yeah. He was fucking loaded. He still had stakes in the sand. A lot of income. Still? Wow. Yeah, and he was very public about giving a shit ton of money away, but no one knew how much money he was making. So, to the public, everyone thought he was... Stitching my knees. Stitching your knees over there. Stop Everyone thought that he was um, going above and beyond for charity. Mm. And it's like, yeah, he was, but... Like that doesn't mean anything. I feel like that's uh, that's like the goal of most rich people. It's like oh, I've give I've given away like Bill Gates. I've given away so much money. Philanthropy. Philanth. This fucking developer who worked at Vimeo is now giving away half of his fortune to people without water. And it's like that's a good cause. You're a fucking creep. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You ever see those vloggers that do that? They like go around just giving like shit away and they film it. Like yeah. homeless people and stuff like that. Oh, I yeah. guess it's a good thing, but it's like yeah, no, it comes no it come because he's like doing it for publicity of their like whatever they're doing because they're like he gets project. half of it back tax free. Film it and kind of be like I'm the best, you know. Like let's look Ever. what I do. Look how humble you are. Yeah, yeah. Fuck it. Anyway, um, so he started doing this like his image started looking good again. He got booked in Sun City, South Africa, in a <laughs> state that was very very pro apartheid. Really. Uh, yeah, Bhutaswana. So this was a state that was separating from South Africa that was never legally represa- um, uh, recognized by anyone. But this was like the uh, white people, we weren't born here, but we own this. Yeah, and we're all Dutch. It, it was a rough scene. So apparently this was an extremely pro-apartheid move on his end, legitimizing this racist regime. This flushed out all of his credibility with all of his radical peace talks that I brought up before that George Evans had him do 40 years prior. It's all down the drain. 
Right, because now he's um, like, I support the racist apartheid people. He started a trend. He was like the first person to do it, and he started a trend of a bunch of asshole celebrities going over there, making money, and basically setting up the channels to ignore the problems. Yeah, so it was basically anti-Dave Matthews. Where are you going? Where are you going? So, when an assassination attempt was made on Ronald Reagan, Frank went to the White House and stayed there with Nancy together. They definitely cucked president. <laughs> uh, yeah, cool. Dude, your husband just Actually, got shot in the chest, but um, guess what? I have a penis. And your wife? Has a vagina. Frank ended up hanging out at the house a lot. Uh, definitely rubbing that fucking... Barbara? Nan- no, this was Nancy. Oh, Nancy. So many Nancy. Nancy Reagan, not Barbara Bush. Yeah. He was uh, playing the Nancy bean. <laughs> um, uh, like I said last time, do you guys remember in the last episode I mentioned uh, Frank Garrick, the godfather of Frank? Oh, yeah. Kind of. Mm. Who, um, he fired him when he was very young from that newspaper job. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So eventually, Frank called him and asked if they could meet up. And this happened a few times. And Frank was uh, Frank Garrick was like, yeah, sure, you know, we can reconcile. Um, he kept calling. Frank would call and then just not show up. Eventually, in 1982, he did. They saw each other. They went in for a big bro grab. They both cried like pussies. And then Frank gave them a bunch of money. Um, oh, thanks for firing me. The reference, his way, my reference for this whole bit that we're doing here. When it came out, Frank silently left the public eye as to not kick up any dirt to make things worse. Okay. Because he knew he had a tendency to get mad and, you know, throw reporters in the street. Uh, So there was a flurry of fluff pieces and documentaries that came out around the 80s and 90s right after this book was published. We have a really nice image in our minds as a society of who Frank Sinatra was. Old blue eyes. Mm-hmm. He used a lot of his money and influence to get people to write fluff pieces. Right. Ah. Before he died. Because he just couldn't fucking... He couldn't be seen as the blue-eyed jackass, you know? Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, everyone now did like, oh, that's the... I mean... All right. Let me let me get deep here. Let me get a little bit controversial. A little all bit right. fucking uh, deep, right? Sure. Okay, yeah. So, you know why Christopher Columbus is such a big deal? It's the, it's the Italian-Americans... Fluffing up Christian, uh, fluffing up Christopher Columbus because he was Italian, and I think that's the same fucking shit with Frank Sinatra, right? Like, because he was like, he was like, I almost feel like Frank Sinatra is like the like, yeah, the mob's kind of cool, right? Like, because he was part of the Rat Pack, (laughs) you know? Like, oh yeah, they're kind of cool. Like, not like they're like slitting people's, like garroting people and fucking like whacking people. Like, oh, the mob, the mob songs. Frank Sinatra. It's romanticizing. Right? You know what I mean? It's fucking romanticizing. This is like all this shit at the end of of his life was just virtue signaling. Yeah. Yeah, the same shit we see today with all these giant corporations who, you know, pick political sides, but only when it's convenient. Right, exactly. He was the same thing. He was a corporation. His estate was ridiculous. Um, I'm tired. Why don't you guys ask me how he died? (laughs) (laughs) Mike, get in there. How'd this boy die? Sinatra was in shitty condition during the last few years of his life. He was in and out of hospitals for heart and breathing problems, high blood pressure, pneumonia, bladder cancer, and dementia. Oh, none of it good. That's not a good one, yeah. May 14th, 1998. At age 82, he dies of heart failure at the Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles. That's too old for what he did. 
Yeah, yeah right. Eighty two. Eighty two. That's too right. I thought him. he died yeah. bef- like before I was born. Yeah, me too. Well, I remember when he died, man. We're from Long Wait, Island. You have to. Right, right. I don't remember. I remember. <laughs> I thought you said he died in eighty two. I was like, Travis, how old are you? No, nineteen ninety eight. Oh my god, he's a boomer. <laughs> uh. Anyway, uh, honestly, the world froze on news of his death. The, he had such a good image at this point. Casinos in Vegas stopped taking bets for a few minutes in honor of oh, their, their fucking okay. blue-eyed jerk-off. And the Empire State Building even lit up blue in his honor as well. With the whole, uh, you know, he's from here, blue eyes. He's not actually from here. Well, yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what else stopped New York? What's that? 9-11. Oh, well, yeah, you're technically right. <laughs> it I, did. I, I mean, it did. So, Frank Sinatra's like 9 11. I, I don't really, I can't really argue that. He's uh, not wrong. Inside job. Yeah. He's not wrong. Yeah. So, the can't Catholic Church Franks. even made an exception for him and gave him a proper, proper burial, even though he was divorced three times, which is technically a sin and they don't let you in there. But, you know, now they let anyone in. You slide under the rug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, started selling a. Season passes in the form of wristbands. <laughs> he was buried next to his parents in Desert Memorial Park in Cathedral City, California. His headstone reads, The best is yet to come. <laughs> That's a lie. He's decomposing. How is that better? <laughs> All right. Jesus. Um, the only one of his family members to be notified about the hospitalization, which he died, was Barbara, his wife. Frank left most of his estate and music rights to Barbara. Frank oh. Jr., Tina, and Nancy threw a fucking hissy fit for the next few years, taking every opportunity to shit on Barbara. These kids were cons. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That- they, and they were set, too. By the way, Nancy, Nancy Sinatra was on top of Barbara. She was a millionaire. I don't know. And she was still doing shows at this time. Like... This is just the the greed. Like, yes, I want I want every dollar ever. Yeah, I want that. But I also like my friends and family. Yeah, I feel like if I where, want every, where if dollar, I can't have a few of them, I'm done. If I want every dollar ever, you guys would get some of every dollar ever that I got. Have like well, five dollars. If you have every <laughs> yeah, dollar dude. ever, I'd buy you a new deck every few months. Oh, if you had every dollar ever, that nice would intrinsically mean we have zero dollars because you have them all. Yeah, Travis. but I give you a couple of them so you wouldn't have a zero dollars, and then I would. You should be like a big bank. I would take them back real quick, so I had every dollar. <laughs> yeah. So either Perfect. way, these kids they went after Barbara. Um, they were just fucking terrible to her. They went on the you know they went on the news and press and just dragged her through the fucking mud every way they could and she was a, a sweet person so i do feel bad for her uh money sucks frank's hilarious hilarious last words oh you got him oh, yeah i do i'm losing oh i guess he lost he lost that battle like that's the only thing that guy cared about i'm losing. winning i love it it's like a charlie sheen uh, but opposite great it's yeah. gotta be number one that's frank sinatra everyone Wow! Wow! Dude. Look at that! I didn't know he was that much of a piece of shit. I always thought he was like glamorized as like because he had a PR crew do dirty work for him. I mean, I didn't know he. I didn't know he was that much of a weenie boy. Like he didn't yeah. do shit. Like he was just had everyone else do shit for him. Hired thugs. Mm-hmm. Wow! No grind. Wow, Tom. I I'm I'm impressed. 
with this boy because I thick like, man like you guys are saying he's so iconic, but he's really just a ironic a pussy iconic. ass idiot. Yeah, he was uh, he was quite the pussy jerk. Ass. Yeah, <laughs> so it's you know it's uh, just good. I think he's to me personally, roast mortem. He's the perfect example of what roast mortem can be as a team. We're gonna take the people you love and and show you how dumb they are. <laughs> Frank Sinatra, legendary cunt. So the next time that uh, you your uncle's like, hey, have you tried this Malo? And then he's like, you want to hear some good music, kid? And he like puts on like, ain't that a kick in the head? You could be like, you're a fucking idiot, you stupid boomer. Go to jail and die. <laughs> wow, that's wow. pretty heavy handed. Yeah, you know. Jesus. I don't know. Kind of sound like Sinatra. They're boomers. Well, I guess so. I mean, uh, boomers don't need to go. Look, to he he wasn't a, he wasn't travels. a boomer. He was technically greatest generation. Yeah, he was greatest generation, dude. Yeah, but he didn't even get he 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 had a a hole in his eardrum that got him out of being drafted. Oh, that's no. fortunate. Hilarious. So that's Frank Sinatra. Thanks for uh, sticking in there, everyone. Uh, for the, yes, for a very long episode, two parter. Fat boy. The man's dead. He was a butthole. Yeah. Yeah. Should well, final thoughts, Mike? You got one? You got a zinger for me? Frank Sinatra. Don't listen to him. He sounded wow. like a guy on News Twelve being interviewed. Yeah. Frank Sinatra. Don't listen. Yeah, to him. man on the street. Yeah, Mike. Man on the street. <laughs> I'm tired of this. It's beautiful. Uh, any, it. any final thoughts from you guys? I'm gonna get banned from every pizzeria. Fucking saying that. <laughs> yeah, you can't say this in public. Uh, f- uh, Cody. Uh, what happened to his uh, national treasure? Of uh, pants that he uh, had throughout his life. His yeah. wardrobe was just uh, astonishing. We don't know. We don't know where it stops. I mean, you Is might it like the in foundation a vault under the, the foundation of your house in Hawaii might actually have <laughs> some Frank Sinatra threads. Wait, there's no like well, Elvis fucking museums with Frank Sinatra's. Like, this is the fedora that he said me lady in. Oh, actually, let me let me Google that real quick. That's a good question. Frank Sinatra Museum. There's got to be one in Hoboken. These are Frank's sweaty wife yeah. beaters. This, breaking shit. This is the one with this blood from his nose that he got punched in seven times. Yeah, there is a uh, Hoboken Museum has a a whole thing on him. It's a a uh, it's not a full museum. I- like Elvis has. I mean, I'd ask you guys Dude. to go to Hoboken, but I wouldn't really do that to friends. I'll go there. <laughs> All right, Mike, get to Hoboken. Let's do it right S- now. Start sketching. Uh, so my my take on him, Frank Sinatra. More like Frank Sinatra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's like a, a great that was a mind epic. free. Right? Right? Yeah. Dude, Dude no, I'm pod- Chris Angel 2 on. Super Angel. I'm really Google proud of you. Google. I'm actually really proud to be on a podcast <laughs> with Chris Angel 2, Super Angel. Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, if, you, if you'd like to get your mind freaked more, you can go visit us on the Rose Mortal Mind and social platforms. Yeah, I guess social media platforms. We do, uh, well, you know, just Google Rose Mortem Cast. You know that shit. Uh, Mike Regan, Young Regan, whatever. Cody McCann, <laughs> Travis Legion, Sanch. Frank Sinatra at patreon.com slash rosemortemcast. Come check it out. And like I said before at the beginning of this one, find me on social media. Ask me about Scott Stapp. I will it's hilarious. I'll send you a yeah. Frank Sinatra dick pic. I have a whole bunch of them in my collection. How do you have those? Someone send me a Chris Angel box set, please. <laughs> uh, send this box man a Chris Angel big. box set. Good night, everyone. Or the Sopranos. <laughs> Thank you, He loves Sopranos oh, box yeah, or set. Or Sopranos, yeah. Oh! Thank you.
Thank you.